Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You bring people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yeah. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm sure somebody's written that one. Pounder with cheese in France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Boy, ale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my. my progeny to you of a mighty marvel beast <laughs> but neil adams is somewhere going mm, it's, it's my time uh, how do you measure success dave forgot to mute himself so i'll welcome you to superhero speak the podcast where i am so sorry hey everyone welcome to superhero speak i'm your host dave and john jd Oh my or as, goodness! Or as Davis called himself at super superhero speak, superhero I, speak. I, I'll be ready next time. That's what the second time we've done that in the last month. Yeah. I was doing stuff before we started, and I didn't realize I was muted. <clears throat> JD, course, you've got a new setup. Randy's already on my butt. <laughs> what Randy does, man. Yeah, I do. You, I got you, a new setup this week. Yeah, you look much better than my like black void in the background. <laughs> I was debating actually getting some of those pods because, truth be told, a little midlife crisis situation. Wanted to have, wanted to surround myself with some positivity. So that's been the impetus for a new setup. And plus, I'm tired of looking like crap in the background. So I'm trying to play with stuff, trying to do some different things. Cool. Yeah. Got a nice too, mic see? and all that. The mic is not. The mic is the same. Yeah, but the backgrounds. I would think about getting one of those podcast lights, background lights, like Don has a little bit. So I'm experimenting with looks and stuff tonight yeah i should cool. probably do that too later <laughs> this whole show is one big experiment so how are you doing then jd i'm all right can't complain too much pretty down this week i'm gonna be the next couple the next next week i'll be in fargo north dakota doing my annual fargo trip for wrestling so by the way i'm missing the show next week serving notice in a oh, matter. Thanks. by the by i do this every year so this should yeah. come as a surprise. I need a haircut as I'm looking at myself right now. So tomorrow I'm going to be getting a haircut. Other than that, pretty low key week. Then just uh, did some reading. How about did you? you? Oh, I do what? Did you do anything for the fourth? We went to IKEA and I bought bookshelves. Oh, there you go. I spent yesterday building bookshelf IKEA bookshelves. Don't let anybody knock IKEA man. Those Swedes know what they're doing. And they uh, have, it's then actually why don't surprisingly they have good furniture. Program? Yeah. They don't need oh, a yeah. space program. They figured it out. They're like, if they wanted to have a space program, they give you a box like this big, and they'd be able to put that rocket together, and it would go up in space. If you put any pressure <laughs> in the wrong direction, the ship would completely fall apart. But other than that, it'd be just fine. <laughs> but then cool. we didn't. We did fireworks at Disney, so we are all. I think we're good with fireworks this year. Yeah. Yeah, John. How about you? Sorry. I am, my brain is full of Indiana Jones more than it has been in the last 30 years, apparently, because in one week I have seen the new Indiana Jones movie, read a script for the, for another Indiana Jones movie, which technically was the one I just saw. And then I rewatched. Yeah. And then I, and then there's the other Indiana Jones movie that I watched, which was the new one. So 
Yeah, I, like my brain is burned out. I have I've read another five light novels on top of that. It took me about four hours to read the whole script while taking a few notes. And uh, yeah, just working. Didn't do anything for July 4th except veg because my job is hard. <laughs> and I needed a, a mental break before I had a, well, mental break. So yeah, that's about it. How about you, Dave? Um, all right, uneventful kind of week, uneventful 4th at a barbecue at my girlfriend's the day before we did go up to Lancaster and I was told to mention that I bought shorts because I don't normally wear shorts short shorts not short shorts no no I don't like short shorts you should uh, men wear tights man <laughs> tight tights, tights. <laughs> and then uh, I'm um, so glad JD knows that too oh I come on man Mel Brooks but it, uh, yeah but it was funny because she's if you're gonna wear shorts you have to wear short socks, like the no-show socks. And I'm like, what? And apparently that's a thing? No-show socks suck because they always, for me, they always get scrunched down into the shoe. <laughs> yeah, like that. Wait a minute. That you're was not far talking, more difficult. Like, you're not talking it, like socks like this. Yeah, I can't do that. I'm not flexible enough. Yeah, that bit was went way easier in my head than it actually went in execution. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I got no more. More like JDs, where like it just goes around your ankle. And I think our show just made it onto Wiki Feet. <laughs> okay, so superhero <laughs> socks. <laughs> so yeah, oh no, the, like the, the the ones that don't like show when you're wearing shoes. For me, they always just suddenly they just after a little bit they get sucked into the shoe, and then I'm wearing half a yeah, sock over half my foot, and it's it just. It doesn't work. I've never had anything. I need something around my ankle to anchor it. Drew says, I turned on Raiders to fall asleep to, to hell with you, sir. By the time he gets to the plane, I was wide awake and watched the whole thing. Dude, Raiders uh, of the Lost Ark is a perfect action film, and I will hear it is. no ill no ill spoken upon it. So i got to ask you guys. Oh, Dave, did we do Dave already? Dave, how are you? No, well, hey. I did go and get some oh, yeah. socks like those. Oh, yeah, socks. I'm good. And, <laughs> and, and, but, yeah, like... That's that was my excitement for the week. We had a little barbecue. I went home before it was dark enough for fireworks, and yeah, that's it. Just pretty Jeez, low you key. Guys, you guys both key. went to fireworks. No, I didn't go to fireworks. I didn't go to fireworks. Okay. Neither okay. one of us went. We did the opposite, actually. Neither one of us went to fireworks. Yeah. See, I saw fireworks, but that's because the Amish set them off in the back forty. The Amish okay. can do fireworks. No, but they oh. do. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then, and then the things. kids, because well, it's like a literally forty acres of corn behind me. The the kid the local kids well, will bring the fireworks there too because they can easily get lost after the cops find, try to find them. I, J- John knows there's a park right across the street, basically from my house. Oh, yeah, they set they, them off there. They were yeah, they were setting them off Monday mm-hmm. night and Tuesday night and Wednesday night because you know yeah, the fifth of July is a holiday as well. Right? We got I live in hillbilly town, so these hillbillies love blowing off their fireworks, man. So I never have to pay for fireworks again if I wanted to, because these nah, my neighbors are like, hey, blow stuff up. <laughs> My one of my one of my fondest and most dangerous memories was when I was living on the hippie commune when I was homeless and the guy. And if he ever sees this, he knows I love him. Jerry, he's a six foot two redneck with shock white hair. And I just have this image that I remember of him with a wheelbarrow of fireworks sitting next to him with a drink in one hand is like fourth for the night. And waving around a cigar over the wheelbarrow. <laughs> Talk about that's America for you. <laughs> Not America, America. America. Oh, yeah, I love America. Don't we all? Well, no, 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 more, no America. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's a difference between America and living in America. Yeah, 
it's not America unless like most of the people around you have gun racks in their cars yeah, and totally and set off. I fireworks were being set off behind my house like last night. There you go. So I got to ask you guys. Okay. Have you ever read a script before? Because we're reviewing a script today on this show, not watching a movie. Have you ever? This for me is like something I've been doing since I was in college. Have you ever read a script? I have. I actually remember reading one of the Star Wars scripts. So, I have one of the Star Wars scripts too. Yeah, the Return of the Jedi one and that bookshop behind me. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's interesting. Obviously, no, it doesn't describe everything beat for beat that you see in the movie, and it's not a book. They're not writing in what the characters are thinking at the time. Those kinds of things like you would see in a book. Little bits here and there, but not as much as it's not Tolkien. No. But yeah, yeah. I mean it's you and it's I, funny when you realize like a hundred and forty page script, that's two hours and what, ten minutes or two hours and twenty minutes of a movie. Ballpark ballpark what you want for a script is one minute per page. Yeah. Ballpark. I agree. I also want more tales of John as a Hulk. Says, I want more tales of John as a hobo. As a hobo. I, I, I didn't. I don't know this. At some point, not tonight, but at some point, I want to hear more of the O'Grady Chronicles. Being homeless is not fun. I, it was only for a short time, and then I lived on a hippie commune. They took me in. So, it's just anyway. That's wild. Back to we'll, yeah. we'll focus. So yeah, what, but what did you think though about reading a script? Have you ever read a script before, John? I swear I've read a script before because the format seemed familiar to me, but I can't remember when, when you get as old as me, you forget things, but uh, it was, I found it interesting. Like there were some terms, uh, there were some terms in there. I actually wanted to ask you about that. I hadn't, that I hadn't seen before. I could figure out some of them, but some were like, they seem to be like standard terms that script writers use. I'm not keyed into. So otherwise, yeah, it wasn't that hard to read though. And like I said, I burned through it in about four hours. One of the things that got me, I realized about halfway through FG and BG, foreground. But I didn't, I did not get that at first. And I'm like, what are these letters? And then I realized, oh, it's for the, like the camera position. And this is in the foreground. This is in the background. See, because I got that. But what's not looking back? Is it just the characters not looking back? Because I was used a lot. Okay. It's this thing about a script is everyone writes them a little bit differently. Right. But it's not quite as varied as comics. You got to follow the same format, but there's a lot of some will cut. Some writers will go cut to some will do this. Some are more visual while some kind of just try to use enough language to paint a picture because you don't want to get you don't want to get verbose. Like you want to see the big rule of screenwriting is you want to see a lot of white on the page. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There was some like some really intense descriptions like when intense there were. Yeah. When when this when the skull was in, was it towards the end when everything started moving around, like with the spaceship and all that or whatever for that. We'll get into that um, stuff later. I just wondered if you had ever read one hmm. before. Cause it occurred to me as I was reading this, I'm like, do normal people know how to read these things? <laughs> Cause I can, I went to school for all this crap. So I'm just, I'm wondering, you know, what the, what's the that norms? I no, love, it's the, not hard. I love, you have to have those, a, go ahead. There is one point where it's like, he starts describing a chase and then goes, but Mr. Lucas or Mr. Spielberg will create a great visual thing for this. And I was like, oh, my God, that's good. But that's the best. And again, I think that was a smart thing to do. But again, it's like, how am I going to tell? And it's Frank Darabont. This is the man who wrote the Shawshank Redemption and directed the Shawshank Redemption. He's going to say, I'm not going to tell Spielberg how to direct a scene. Yeah. But later on, he does that during the plane chase. Hmm. He goes true. into great detail in the plane chase. I just think he just had a very clear image in his head. Yeah. It says, Robert, oh, go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. Robert Kirkman 
published his script for Invincible issue number one of his comic. That was an interesting to read. Comic scripts are different because there yeah. is no set format to how the scripts are supposed to go. As long as, because again, I, and that's one of the things Andy Schmidt taught us in the comics experience class is that your script might look different than my script, but this is how we teach the script. And as long as you find some way to do that, because whereas a film script, the format is going to look the same. Like the, the character title, the character names are always going to be centered a couple tabs in for the dialogue. There's a format. It, crap is censored on Facebook subtitles. What if I say son of a bitch tits? Did that get <laughs> what happened with that? Sub, subtitle the subtitles are, are automatically generated. Yes. Ta- oh, okay. so AI um, bullshit. Yeah. Do we want to continue this on? Where are we going off script? Because that's fine with me. But we'll, we'll, nah, we'll get back to it. Dave hates me break format. I, I just was, I was curious to see what you guys thought of the act of script reading in general. Wasn't that hard? And the pages do go quicker than even a light novel. So yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. That's the thing too is if you cannot read a script in forty five minutes to an hour. The trash in the trash. Yeah, it took me about four hours, but I was folding laundry. But see, the thing you managed to read while folding laundry. How did you do that? I have my my I, I have my Galaxy S8 or my Galaxy Tab S8, and I have it set up next to me on the table while I'm folding laundry, and just go. And then I went onto the treadmill to finish it up. You can multitask, sir. I, I it's not, yeah, oh. it's part of my AD that that. You know. I'm impressed. I can't do that. That's, Apparently. Why, that, that's why you guys I'm, and people have watched the show. They'll see me looking over here. They'll see me looking over here. And then you'll ask me something and I'll answer right away. It's because it's partially because of my AD. I cannot just do one thing. And then, but I am paying attention very closely. So closely enough to interrupt Dave every time he tries to speak. Drew says, bitch is censored. Tits is not, which is interesting. Okay. Tits, 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 tits. Titty tits. We had a kid and one of the boys I coach in wrestling is a borderline genius, right? He's a 4.0 student, but he's a, he is the most 80 riddled kid I remember. Like, like just sits there like this all the time. And they let him just wander around in classes because he just can't sit still. Yeah. I would be better at like noon when my Ritalin is at max strength because I take a time release Ritalin and then I can sit and concentrate on one thing. But otherwise, uh, my brain is, I don't know, it's just, it, that's the way it is. And I feel for that kid because it is hard because people think that you're not paying attention when it's not that you're not paying attention. It's that you're paying attention to three different things and you're doing it effectively. This it's kid just does. that I people, say that. yeah, it's just that people, people, he probably doesn't meet your, your, he probably doesn't look directly at your eyes a lot. He's probably, his, he's probably always looking past you or down or something. That's because his brain is working on too many different things and, He's not, he's engaged. He's just not showing it as a normal person would. Speaking of that, being engaged, did you watch this week's Secret Invasion? I know you're not watching it in all, JD. I didn't get to it. Uh, I had to, somebody gave me his freaking script to write today, so, to, to read. So I had to make sure that was done before. All right. About just, 15 minutes ago. Just curious. <laughs> since JD's not going to be here next week, maybe we'll get a ghost host who's watching it. We can actually talk about it. You can talk about it with me. I'm just not going to pay attention, like John says. He hasn't seen this week's either, so it doesn't matter. Fair. Yeah. Hmm. All right, guys. You know what that means? Now we got. We that can just out continue of the way. talking about the script. Now we it's don't time for some no. social media madness. Mother puss bucket. Kassan says Secret Invasion is a letdown. I'll drink to that. And yeah, it is. From what I've heard, it is. It's starting to. It's not really taking off like it should. So. I don't want to say I told you, but I'm gonna. All say right. It. All right. So last week we did talk about what you call it, the comic conventions. Are they coming to an end because of all the major? Not all, but most of the major studios pulled out of 
San Diego Comic Con this year. To which, first off, over on the YouTubes, our good friend Random Randy Savage said, Conventions existed before the invasion of studios and their movie releases. I am sure they will they will be here if the studios leave. You can still show trailers and Hall H just uh, a star present them. But it'll, it'll be different though. They want to. I think that's the thing is they don't want to do it anymore. It's not a matter of can studios. And I think they. We said it before. I think it's going to be a cycle. It'll come back. Yeah, I agree. Over on the tweets, we had the common folk say all of the main cons are live action advertisements with a bunch of NPC cosplayers. Small shows with local dealers and good deals are the way to go. Yeah, but in something as far as big as like the New York Comic Con or the San Diego Comic Con, you're not like local dealers. Like they oh, that's yeah, but that's his point. Like they're not really comic book conventions anymore. They are just they had they've grown to just being advertisements for movies but and stuff. That's been they could like have... that for a long time. Like, yeah, I know. Right. And they go ahead. <laughs> and then no, it's just they could have more comic books. Yeah. But just comic books isn't going to be enough of draw for these big ones like Emerald City Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con. There's another one up northwest that I can't remember. But there's it's not going to or Awesome Con in DC. It's not going to be enough to for these guys to survive because they can't survive off of people just coming for I, the comic books. I think there's still going to be people who there's going to be still celebrities showing up to sign autographs, and that is one of the things people love. Comic Palooza is about as big. Texas Con, yeah, that's that sounds Andy. like another one or like Awesome Con where it's not big but it's big. And Dragon Con, yeah, well, yeah Dragon, Con. Dragon Con is something but, different. Yeah, yeah, that's got games and stuff. Like the game shows are doing really well. Um, so because I'm a horrible friend and I've always mentioned I don't like listening to podcasts similar to ours, so I want to stay original. I did listen to Cult Forty Five for the first time because the commercials finally sold me out or sold me, and they did Temple of Doom. I had to listen to it mm-hmm. and. I messaged Randy this. It is absolutely 100% hilarious. I was in tears the entire time. If you had, I know they're going to have advertisement later on. Dave's been saying this for years. And I finally just went and said, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. I don't think I'm going to steal any material here. It was absolutely ridiculously funny. Please download, please go listen to Call 45, especially because this is all Indiana Jones themed again this week. I just, I had to get that out before I forgot. Sorry about that. I also have AD and I'm untreated. Kassan says Comic Cons need to merge to include all nerdum. Dragon Con. That, That's yeah, Dragon Con, right? That is Dragon Con. Yeah. yeah. Dragon Con is everything. It right. started out as a fantasy convention and just has grown to be this crazy convention. That's uh, Atlanta, finally, correct? Dragon Con's in Atlanta, correct? Yep. Okay. And finally, Kassan also said over on the Twitters, no, they'll be fine. They just need to rediscover what made them magical in the first place. Take a big corporate influence out of the cons and bring it back to grassroots fans. That's just what, kind of what we said last week, and that's probably what they're going to do. Again, Wizard World, if we do that, and if you take out all this extra stuff, it, the Wizard World and whoever is using that now, I forget. What's I don't think anybody. It's, fantasy, it's Fan Expo now. Fan Expo, right? Fan yeah. Expo is going to have a hard time. They're not going to have this. They're, each convention is not going to have the same well, draw. Yeah, but that's the thing, too. Wizard had a problem because they were trying to recreate the same exact convention in every city that they were in. doesn't work that way. Exactly. Like, you can't. It's like you've got to. There's got to be something unique about the mm-hmm. convention for people to show up. Agreed. Here's the thing, too. Is they might not have the big movie stuff there, but, I mean, there's always going to be celebrities. 
or pseudo celebrities, if you call them that, there's always going to be autograph opportunities. Like uh, Fan Expo Chicago's next month. They're bringing in the cast of Back to the Future. And I'm like, maybe I should go to that. I'm not going to, but I thought maybe I should. People, mm. oof, too many. It'd be nice if Marvel kept lending out their actors. Because, I mean, let's role. face it, Back to the Future, those guys are getting old. That's why they're doing it. But there's not people from Marvel stuff that aren't going. Like I, Those are the ones that struck me because of my age and what I like. But there are going to be Marvel actors. They're, they're just not going to yeah. be sitting in front of panels. And there's a lot of people that go to Comic-Cons that don't necessarily enjoy paneling. Randy mm. says, agreed. All factions of Merson must unite. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> Sorry, Randy. <laughs> and then, okay, let's move on. Our Drew had a question no, for had a question for John over on our Facebook feed. He said, "Social media madness." John, what do you think about S. Dianzon? Is it any good? Are kaiju a big part of it? What's Dianzino. the deal with this monster? I'm a Godzilla fan, and there's a picture of a weird-looking monster. Mecca. Mecca. Okay. Got to get your terminology right or you get kicked out. Denizinan. No, I've never seen it before, but now I put it on my list. It looks interesting. It sounds interesting. And uh, nerddom, yeah. Nerddom. Not and, uh, It looks like it's, what is it? I don't know. For some reason, there's a reference to Superhuman Cyber uh, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad in the- Is that the, um, is it something you've seen? Excellent. No, no, I've never seen. No, I've never seen Dinosaur. But it's it's 2021, so I guess I, I guess I must have passed it over because the last few years it's hard to keep up with the number of stuff that's coming out. But it's got good reviews. It just doesn't have a whole lot of reviews. That's interesting too. Cassandra, sorry, hmm? good. Go ahead. I no, we just saying. Oh, okay, oh, we're off track tonight. Go ahead, John. Finish your thought. All right. Normally, on crunchy roll. If something's really good, it has over a thousand reviews, maybe a couple of thousand, and it's over 4.5 or so. This is at 4.5. It's got 788. So it looks like not a big following, but enough to make me interested. Go ahead. Kassan said. Kassan says, celebrities are vital. So are content creators. I agree with that. It's when studios overproduce an event of the soul suck from the cons. I actually agree with that. I yeah. think you have the people creating these things from all aspects is creating. Performing yeah. is also part of creation. I agree. It's the over-corporatization, which is a big part of why I stopped really being interested in these cons, because I just feel like they're, yes, they're selling me things. That's the whole point of them. But it just becomes too corporate. I, I like when people are selling me comics, but like when it's the movies and stuff like that, it just feels a little more hollow. I don't yeah. know why. Isn't that the cycle, though? Somebody comes up with a con. Yeah, it does it really well. Then a corporation gets interested in it. They take it over or they buy the guy out with enough money to make even a hardcore fan drool. And then they just, it's investment groups buying out huge corporations. They buy them out and then they just mine them for money until it, it gets destroyed. Drew says 700 reviews mm-hmm. out of 7 billion users. Not good. Hey, that's 70 <laughs> billion users, man. More anime <laughs> fans than humans on the planet. That's <clears throat> great. Hey, that's because some of us it's count deep, twice. It's a deep, that's a deep superhero speak cut for the of you who might be well listening no idea. yes and it's appreciated <laughs> oh greatly appreciated <laughs> all right and the last thing <laughs> for social media madness we had talked about the rumor that ben affleck has been seen on the set of dare not daredevil deadpool 3 and that he's reprising his role role wow as daredevil the crossover podcast said i think deadpool kills the fox universe is the plot of the third film it's possible that's what i've been hearing is that that uh, was it the uh, the time agency 
What, TVA? What's their face? The TVA. Like they they pick him up for bebopping around time, and him was it they what I heard was they go back and time is all messed up and was X-Men three didn't work out the way it actually did in the movie. And so they already there's, did that, though. they already did that in days of future past. They pretty much reconned X-Men three. Yeah. But this is, it's more along the lines of the world is the way it was after Wanda's no more mutants. So like the mutants are in charge. The humans are like so rebelling. House of M. Yeah, basically. yeah, basically House of M. And the humans are rebelling, and Wolverine is on the side of the humans, and Deadpool's going to come in. Basically, his job is to clean out the ha- clean out the reality or something. Hmm. I don't know. That's what I've heard. It, it's but who knows? There could be some truth to that. We'll uh, we'll be talking about that in the news a little bit. Kassan, anyone hear about Eric July's Ripperverse comic launch? The first issue Kickstarter ranked in. 3.7 million for a comic book launch? That's awesome. That's insane. That's, That's amazing. insane. I have not heard that anything that has ranked in that kind of money before. I've seen Brandon Sanderson's novel campaign put it took in that much. Right. But for comics, it's, that's pretty high, man. I'm not even terribly familiar with Eric July's work, to be honest with you. Oh, they're also donating books, too. Oh, uh, okay. With okay. this. I'm going to check out this Ripper. That's a looks cool. All right. You guys go check out the Ripperverse. And if you watching or listening wants to be a part of social media madness next week, here's a good friend, Don, to tell you more. Enjoying the show? Do you want to be part of social media madness? Go ahead and head on over to SuperheroSpeak.com. You'll find all the links you need, episodes of the show, comic reviews by Chris, and other articles. We're posting stuff on there all the time. And while you're there, you can also check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Great shows like the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45 Baby, So Wizard Podcast, Fans on Patrol, The Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Hashtag GW All-Stars, and you're not going to be disappointed. Make sure that you are commenting on our Twitter articles. Could be a poignant comment, could be a stupid one. Either way. Gives you a chance for Dave to possibly mispronounce your Twitter handle. All right, I've rambled on enough. Let's head back to Dave and the gents on Superhero Speak. Don't forget to check out the Omega Level Nerds podcast, available on YouTube and wherever podcasts are available. And I think I did a good job of not mispronouncing names this week. You've been good. What were you going to say, John? Yeah, John's got a thought. Yeah, no, we'll talk about this after. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. I'm scared. So I'm, I'm going to go. I'm so scared. I got to change my shorts. So do what we're going to do is take a quick so, commercial. Salute them first. <laughs> we're going to take a quick commercial break, and I'll be right back with some clean shorts. Some podcasts are like this. The bodies of three hikers were all empty, and their organs were laid out like a Sunday dinner. And some podcasts are like this. You know what? I'm going to tell you why having a large penis ain't always a good thing. But only one podcast is where you can get in-depth analysis like this. Nah, this is what you saw. They were drunk as shit because everybody been drinking. He told a good-ass joke that made a pussy explode. No, that made her fall into his chest. Yeah, that's why everything was all shaking and they were laughing and wrecking. Yeah, because of the vigorous... Yeah, Laughter that moan you saw. heard, that was just like an uh, airless laugh. When he said he was about to come, he meant like with another joke. Yeah, he's about to come up with another joke. <laughs> <laughs> 
So he's about to bust his gut. I'm about to bust a gut. <laughs> you are now listening to Call 45. This is Beat 'em Down. And I'm Random Randy Savage. Find us on all your podcatching apps like Podbean or Spotify. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or just go to www.cult45podcast.com. Also, check out our YouTube for that sweet video content. Cult 45, the only podcast that puts hair on your chest. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hilarious. Uh, It's it's, absolutely hilarious show. It's good to have clean pants on now. (laughs) It's been the same six people. I don't even know what six people you're talking about. It's been the same three people on this show since 2016. Oh, I think he means the same six people for Social Media Madness. No, but there was a couple of new ones this week. So, yeah. Those are our dedicated fan base. Yeah. Yes. All right. Let's talk a little bit of news, guys, because... The first two articles tie in with our last thing on social media madness. Starting off with, it is confirmed. Like, Jennifer Gardner is reprising her role as uh, Electra in Deadpool 3. So, So will she be a scroll? That's my question. Probably not. Do you think they're going to do that? No, I don't. Maybe. Maybe. No, probably not. (laughs) I wish I had more positive things to say about this. It's a nice gag, but that movie really sucked. Here's my question. Because this is the only one that's confirmed. Do you think it's only a bit part? It's only yeah, I do. For a second, and I do. She's the first one to get killed, or something. Yeah, I do. I think they're, I think there's going to be more of that, but I think they're putting her in there to confirm some stuff that we think, and just to quell or to get not to quell rumors, but to kind of get people talking more about others who could be in, who could be in it. So perhaps we get a fast bender. Perhaps we get a Patrick Stewart. Perhaps we get I don't know Kelsey Grammer. Who knows. Randy says Electra was awful. You are correct. It was. Sir. We will not disagree with that. No, mm. no, not at all. No. I don't think anybody really does. No. Shite. It was a. It, it's only saving grace was Jennifer Gardner, and that was about it. What? She like, really? She's horribly like I've, I've been. Okay, this is hot takes from two thousand three. I think she's horribly miscast as Electra. I've no, she was. That. Yeah, you're right. She was. Yes. And I feel like that movie was only made to cash in on her rising star at the time. She was cast. Because she did Alias. Cash. Yeah, because she was big from Alias. Like, also you know, because she's gorgeous. And, so gorgeous. But she, but the, as far as the character is concerned, she wasn't even the right. Wasn't that character Hispanic or something or Greek. Colombian or Greek? Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, not really Jennifer Gardner. So. No. But then no, again. Uh, but again, I think that uh, I think lots of parts of that movie were misdone. Quite frankly. I yeah, think it was she's kind. Probably the least. Of, she was the least of the problems of the Daredevil movie, the Electra movie. Is a different story. It was really yeah. highbrow in certain places. Translation being just really boring. <laughs> so Yeah. Randy says the only saving grace was Terrence Stamp. He Neil Neil before Zod, sir. Yes. Oh yeah. I agree with that by the way. Yeah. I won't disagree with that either. How about that. Yeah. So it was weird that they came out and confirmed that. Yet at the same time, there is a rumor that Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are both returning to play. Professor X and Electro, not Electro, Magneto. I had heard separately about Ian McKellen, so it doesn't. It wouldn't surprise me because Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart are like brothers. So if one of them does something, the other one's all in. Those two, those are two of the best human beings on the planet. It's building more and more. These are coming out more and more. This person's been spotted on set. These people are going to be in the movie. I think, yeah, it's. I do think that's what it's going to be. Is him killing off the Fox universe somehow? I think they're doing a good job hyping it. 
I think people are. I think they're. I think they're more excited for this movie than any Fox movie we've had in a while. I don't even know if the pre pre release buzz for Logan was quite like this. I think people are really excited to see what Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman are going to do. Yeah. No. Agreed. <clears throat> Definitely. It wasn't like everyone wanted to see a rated R Wolverine movie, and they we got they it. liked the idea of Logan, Old Man Wolverine, but it was like it wasn't buzz like we're getting with this movie. Like every- a different kind of movie. They weren't going for like Matt James Mangold wasn't quite going for that typical superhero movie buzz or vibe with that thing. And it mission accomplished. They did their own thing. Excuse me. I think this is something different. I think this is, and this is Disney, man. This is the first go around with them under the Disney umbrella. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so far so good. This is the one Marvel thing that I'm really like, yeah, I'm in, I'm interested in this. You got Ryan Reynolds Cache, he's got his Rolodex. Everybody seems to really like working People with like him. People like him. And you've got Disney behind it. How can I let, let me curse it by saying, how could anything possibly go wrong? Really? Man, <laughs> dude, dude, I could say that a hundred times. You still wouldn't get anything close to what DC is right now. Correct. We don't even know what DC is right now. No, we don't. They, hey, John, DC doesn't know what it is right now. Did you see the new Superman cartoon, by the way, John? I did. I saw. I caught two. I got tired of reading for a second while I was folding laundry, so I turned it on. I realized two episodes were dropped, so I watched both you, of them. Yeah. What'd you think? It's a different take on his powers and how they work. It's a different take on the mythology. They're starting off much younger, although he is the most buff 19-year-old or whatever. Yeah, they are. College football players that are pretty buff. But yeah, no, I like it. I gotta watch it's, it. I it's didn't interesting. realize it had dropped already. I haven't watched it either. I, the only reason I knew about it, I'd known, I told you guys, I think we announced mm-hmm. it here that it existed. And then I was looking around at YouTube for a break from the reading and I saw that the full episode is for free on YouTube. So you can oh, wow. you can look at YouTube and get the first, the first, let me put it this way. I'm not, it's maybe free with YouTube. Was it premium? Premium. Because I, I, I have premium and it came up for free. It Maybe it's on YouTube free. I'm sure somebody out there has copied it up there. But uh, otherwise, it's on, what is it? Uh, not It's on Max, right? Yeah, yeah. it's on Max. So, it's on, so Max. it's on Max. Not HBO Max. Not anymore. Had to uninstall that. That's today not a Max. thing. That's not it a thing. never happened. Oh, HBO. That's too hybrid. Wait, you have to switch your app now? Yeah, you have to uninstall HBO Max and install the Max app. That's stupid. Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. And uh, oh, right. Randy, is, as the Randy says Adult Swim is giving the first two. Yeah, I heard. I think yeah, they're going to have the whole show, aren't they? I feel like they're really pushing this show. So I don't blame them. Like, Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Looks good. The first two episodes were enough to get me in. I, it's done pretty well. It's got a Bruce Tim vibe to it, which is not bad at all. But it, it's got, like I said, it's got its own take on the mythology and all that. But it's not a bad take. I like it. Like I said, I forgot about it. I, I saw a couple of comments today from people, and everyone who's watched it so far says it's good. So watch it. Yeah. All right. Speaking of people that are showing up on sets oh, unexpectedly, hey. Joey's here. Joey says, "Pull that up, Dave." Joey says, "So Wizard Podcast says the show is fantastic. That's good. Cool. I, I take his word for it." All right. Everybody's giving a rave reviews. I don't know about that. That Joey from that that So Wizard Podcast show. All right. Speaking of people showing up on sets, Robert Downey Jr. showed up on the set of Captain America Brave New World. They said that he showed up and he was driving around some fancy cars with some of the cast and crew members. And they don't know why. What they're saying is they don't know why he showed up. And apparently 
they're also saying he showed up after the filming was done. So I don't know. It's this is a he weird could one. be just trolling us. I think he's probably <laughs> yeah. or, or he's visiting. These are people he worked with besides, for over a decade. Like I was about to say, besides Anthony Mackie, who would he be showing up unless he wanted to meet Harrison Ford? I don't think he's ever worked with him. I don't know. He, but if it's the same crew, it's the Russos and stuff, right? Oh, hey, Astro just joined us. Hey, Astro. Yeah. So I have a question, though. Wait, Randy says RDJ got bored and wanted to shake things up. I wonder. Uh, that'll do it. it. That probably launched a but, thousand conspiracy theories about I, it, how, if he's in the movie or not. I want to ask, though, <laughs> A, would you be upset if he came back in some capacity? A, no. And That's B, no, you wouldn't mind? Nope. B, bring him how, back. Would, how could you envision them bringing him back in a way that makes sense and would work for the MCU? We live in a time of the TVA. It doesn't matter. Like, he could, you could bring him in from any number of alternate universes. Yeah. Scrolls. Right. The scroll died? It was no. a scroll that died? <laughs> no. This is a scroll, TVA, clone. I don't care. Give me some personality in these Marvel movies again. Like, I just want to like this again. He's coming back for Ironheart as a hologram. That is true. Is that confirmed? Because he's a hologram is Jim in the comic. Is Jem there, too? That's no, John, no, you're he, being outrageous. Truly, he, truly outrageous. Oh, my God. In Thank the comic, you. there's a hologram AI of Tony Stark yes. that guides her. So, yes, that makes sense. But I don't think it's ever been confirmed if he's actually going to do that or not. So I don't see why not. They just have to shoot him on a green screen for probably a day and he collects a paycheck. Dude, I'll tell you what. If Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. showed up with Chris Hemsworth as the holy Marvel Trinity again, and instead of Avengers Assemble, everyone clap and cheer and life would be better in these movies. And they'd make a billion dollars again. And they'd, yeah, they'd be like, take our money. I was thinking about this. It's been five years since they were, since those guys were in a Marvel movie. Because they wrapped up their work in 2018. Mm-hmm. Drew says, I'd be upset. He could be in a what if. Yeah, but nobody watches what if. Yeah. All Go right. all in. It's comics, man. These movies Actually, are comics. This, this kind of leads us into the next thing I wanted to talk about a little bit. I brought this up speaking about movies making money. Kevin Smith recently said in a podcast that he believes the reason that movies aren't doing right now, that why these blockbusters aren't making the money they're supposed to is because movie tickets are just too expensive right now. They are expensive. You take a family of five to one of these things, you're out over a hundred dollars. And that's not including the popcorn. Then you're go- you're out like two fifty. I took the family to see Indiana Jones last week. And it was 80 bucks. I don't think he's for three people. I don't think he's wrong in that assessment. But at the same time, if you give people a reason to go to the theater, they will go. I think the bigger problem is what's being released isn't connecting with audiences. I think there's, I think there's three things I'm going to say. And I don't disagree. Prices are too high, but I don't think they've skyrocketed in the last year. No, I don't think so either. I think it's a mixture of, a, and I said this last week, all, a lot of these movies were held back and we had 10 movies released right in a row that are all supposed to be blockbusters. There's no breathing room between these movies at all. And I think people were making choices, like not only because of the prices, but also because they've got lives to live. They can't go to a movie every week. And, like, yet, they, and yet they still went to Way of Water. See, we can make fun of the Avatar movies all we want, but James Cameron has the last laugh on all of us because people keep going to yes. Yeah. Joey says, I go, so where's the podcast? Says, I go to the movies 45 times a year, skip the expensive big screens, go to matinees, don't buy films. Yeah, he's right. Nine times out of ten, that's what we do. We go to the, we go to right. 
the we go to the matinees we don't go to the nighttime shows i try to sneak food in but now the kids got such a conscious that's stealing you can't bring in your own popcorn little narc oh <laughs> yeah and you, I, you, i was gonna say this is the other thing i was gonna say randy brings this up all of these movies have been over two hours long it's tough for people to commit two and a half hours i have a math thing about this too is now that every movie is over two hours you're also taking away the amount of times it can be played throughout the day which i think that also hurts the return on some of these things every movie now has to be two and a half hours and they all need to be edited and and okay so along those lines then because of the length of time you can't show too many was it showings so what you get a showing at five which brings you to eight before you can do the next showing and people are like I could go to a showing at 6.30. I could go to a showing to 7.30. I cannot go to a showing at 8.30. It's going to take me until 10 at night because I got work tomorrow. Oh, my right? wife said that too. My wife was like so mad because we went to, a, I think it was a 5.45 or a, no, it was a 7 o'clock screening. We didn't leave till 10.45. I was going to say, that's the other thing. Now, this is one of the things that drives me nuts is you sit down for a 5 o'clock movie they first show you a half hour commercial. Yeah, the half an hour. Then a half hour. And then you got to put up with Nicole Kidman giving you this weird ass, isn't movies phenomenal? Don't you love being here? I'm fucking here. Play the damn movie. I, I, and my blood pressure just rises whenever I see her in this stupid AMC commercial. It makes me get all stabby. Yeah, Regal's a little bit I mean, better about that, but they still sh- they are still showing. Oh, like, like it's, it's it's not just a half an hour of coming attractions. Yeah, the yeah. trailers. Like it's literally like ten minutes of literal commercials and then trailers. And, and like you don't need. I could deal with fifteen minutes of coming attractions, but not a half an hour. Not on top of that. Drew, Drew says, I don't know a single person who saw Avatar 2 and went multiple times. Dude, I don't know anybody that saw Avatar 1 in the theaters. Yet yeah. they keep making This is I don't know who these people are either, but it keeps making money. And Cameron's I, laughing all the way to the bank. I, I saw Avatar 1 in the theater, and I didn't get the hype, so I didn't go see this. But yet, Avatar 2 is making all this money, and it's like, exactly. I don't know anyone personally who's gone and seen it. Yeah. yeah by the way, the movie theaters know that this is a problem because every one of them has a club now. Yeah. So you go a certain number of times, like you can join the club, pay a, was a, a subscription fee, and you will get discounts on the. I, I should pay. The, I should do that, but I'm drawing the line because I'm so sick of all these damn subscriptions that I'm part of. I got to draw the line right. somewhere. Drew's got an interesting theory here. He's like, if it isn't, if it isn't something I feel the visuals will benefit from the big screen, I'll wait to watch at home. You and everybody else. This is why we don't this get is, small movies. This is the other problem, and and he Smith mentioned this too. Is that Everything is going to these streaming platforms so fast now. People are feeling like they're willing to wait. They're willing to wait. And it's mm. true. And it's again, if you have 10 blockbuster movies back to back, you're going to sit there and go, okay, the one I really want to see in the theater is, let's say, Ant Man. And I can wait right. for Indiana Jones on streaming yeah. or vice versa. And, 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 now that that. We're ta- and now that we're talking about this and remembering more and more, like I watch a guy on YouTube, Cinema Snob, right? And he goes to his job is going to movies and reviewing them. So he probably goes like a hundred times a year, maybe more like he'll do three reviews every week at least. And he's talked he's talked about the subscriptions and the deals for movie theaters. And like over the last couple of years, I swear he's his, the deals have changed for his movie theaters like three times. And every time they've changed the deal, they've made it worse. And he's complained about that. So even though they know this is a problem, they still are trying to 
The whole point of a subscription, the whole point of a subscription for anything, not just for the theaters, is they are counting on you paying the subscription because you think, oh, this year or this month, I'm going to go to eight movies. I'll make a deal. And then right. you may not go for the next six months and they make more money than if you just paid for the movies. They're counting on that. Oh, yeah. That's how they make money. It's like a gym. It's like these big, nice gyms don't stay open because people go to the gym all the time. They stay right. open because people buy this. That's what they've all lifted the gym, the gym metaphor, right? Or the gym came from the term I'm looking for like the gym scam if you will where they get you in and then you don't want to cancel it or you forget that you even have that is yep that is what all these companies also were trying to do with the subscription services oh there's not going to be something i'm going to watch every month on disney plus but i'll just keep it and keep paying them every month and right. yeah the skull island cartoon is the first thing i've watched on netflix in three months i don't watch that but i've been paying them canceled no i canceled my netflix that's, and that's the thing, right? That's what they're counting on. But there are more and more people that are now like, because they don't penalize you. So they'll stop their subscription and then sign up six months later when something new comes out. They want to watch the new thing and then kill their subscription again. Yeah. Th throw up what Drew said, the last thing, that the last uh, comment that Drew made. So oh. he says, he doesn't go to the movies weekly like he did in high school and in his 20s. Dang kids. Yeah. Make, <laughs> when you say dang kids, make sure you you brandish your cane at the clouds so yeah no that's the point right we have most people have families right so they're going to do exactly what jd said it's, okay i've got like these movies i want to watch but i have to mow the lawn i have to take the kids to like soccer practice i can make some time this week for this movie and the rest i'll just wait the a big reason <clears throat> that i like reviewing movies on the show is because it justifies me going to the movies because it's very easy <laughs> for me to just go like the Transformers one. I missed yeah. that week of the show, so I didn't watch it. Yeah. And Andy's, yeah, we, we got to go see Transformers. We got to go see Transformers. I keep kicking the can down the road. But I'm like, because it just, it's one of those things, man. It's expensive and it's time consuming. And like Randy said earlier, it's three hours to go yeah. see a movie, right? And it's just, yep. and I love going to the movies. But if people are like, oh, how come we don't get romantic comedies? Oh, how come we don't get these comedies? Because those things are easier to digest at home. Everyone's got nice TVs pretty much now, right? Yep. Yeah. This is just, and Spielberg has been warning people about this for decades, right? He's, this is going to hurt theaters. It's going to hurt theaters. It's going to hurt theaters. And you know what? It is. It is. Yeah. But again, I, it, what we're saying here is it's not just the price of tickets. It's no, everything, it's everything going on right, right now. And it was it's accelerated by the pandemic too. COVID. COVID oh, yeah. Changed. COVID changed. People got really used if, to watching stuff at home. If mm. movies were still coming, if the pandemic didn't happen and movies oh, were yeah. still coming out regularly since then. This, we wouldn't be talking about this. But that's a problem, too, is as we found out, the money for the content creators, that we'll call them, isn't the same as it is at the theater. So that's why they're freaking out about it, because they make most of their money at the box office. Yeah. And we've trained, we spent a good couple, it only took a year. We spent a year training people, and, hey, we'll give you good stuff. We'll give it to you in these streaming services. We'll just give it to you. Where we taught, and the audience went, oh, I like this better. So, like, how do you put that, how do you put that toothpaste back in the genie? <laughs> I completely stopped conversation. I thought I would get a giggle with that, and all I did was debone the podcast completely. I, I like it, that a mixed it, metaphor. If I miss an op an opening week, I feel better. Theaters. I'm well, sorry. I if feel, I uh, go ahead. I got it. If I miss an opening week, I feel it'll be in the theaters. I don't think about it again until streaming. Yeah, I'm the same way. If I don't see yeah. it an opening weekend, there's a good chance I'm never going to see it. Kassan says all these issues wouldn't matter if the studios produce good quality content. Streaming has their audience, but certain things are best in theaters if the stuff was good. And you're right, because people yeah. went and saw Mario Brothers, which was good. Yes. 
people went and saw Avatar, which has an audience. It's not me, but people are going to see well, it. I was going to say, there are movies that are making money. and Not a lot, though. But there are still movies that are making That's why I feel these arguments... The argument of, of just the ticket price isn't a valid one because people want to help. see Mario's. Uh, see, there, people want to install Spider-Man. The, there there the are Spider-Man. not a lot. There are not a lot of new movies out either, right? No, like no, the no, ones no, that have no, been failing are the ones that are parts of. I was about to say, look at all the movies that are doing real bad. Uh, other than Across the Spider-Verse, they're all sequels that, or franchise. Franchise fatigue, man. Said yeah. it last week on the show. We have reached complete and total franchise fatigue where people are just tired of seeing what? the same movies. How did John Wick 4 do? Not terrible. Yeah. I don't think it performed as well as the other three. But it's already it available on streaming. Well, yeah, because that's how it works now. I saw Mario on streaming. I didn't see it in theater. That's on streaming already. Wait. I just, well, I, yeah, Mario's on we streaming. We reviewed it on the show, though. I did not watch that show. I was not on that show. Yeah. Oh, okay. I missed that one. But that's the other thing, too, is this idea that, okay, $432 million it made. All right. so That's pretty good. Yeah. You said this before. It's also this idea, too, now, like, they've got to do it all in the first weekend or it doesn't count. It's just, that's ridiculous. And again, if you put a blockbuster out every week, if everything's a blockbuster, nothing's, nothing's a blockbuster. Cool. That's a corporate view of things. Yeah. It is the same problem that they have on Wall Street, where if you're a corporation and you post a profit for the year... And it's just not what you were told the profit if you're was supposed to be. Below then industry, you're, you're, yeah, projections. Yeah. It's not about making money. It's about hitting projections. And then your stock tanks because of that. Even though you made money, even though you mm-hmm. made a, even in a, what would be considered a healthy profit, they're going to tank your stock because you didn't make enough. It's all about how much they can screw out of us basically that's what the that's what the theaters are trying to do and that's that's what they're trying to do with the, with these four quadrant vectored targeted because movies you, and, and that might still, work and that might work in the stock world but you can't quantify art they keep trying to do it they keep yeah. saying this is what people want this is what people want and you can get you can eat pizza every day and eventually you can look at that pizza and go oh it's gonna make me throw tired of yeah pizza, tired of pizza <laughs> and people are tired of this stuff like they're just they need something i don't know if new they need something Different. But one, the box office this week. What? Insidious too, or Insidious, whatever part it is. That's Insidious. That's got a following. But it's a the horror. horror right. And these and are what's making money because the budgets are small. And be, and because yeah. there aren't a lot of them. There's a they, and they release them sporadically. There's another. There's a lot right. of horror stuff. There's a lot of horror franchises. But the horror has always transcended box office trends because they keep it cheap. Yeah, exactly. Keep it cheap, and horror fans like when things aren't perfect, right? Horror fans enjoy when the special effects maybe aren't the best. They're the most forgiving, loving, most caring audience when it comes to film, yeah, right? Yeah. Yep. They don't care. And then something like a like Insidious Works or Blumhouse, man, they're crushing. And they have been for like for years now. Like even when Halloween 3, which everyone pretty much went, yeah, that, the last Halloween 3. I think all Halloween 3s are inherently terrible. They all went, oh, that sucked. But you still had two before and they worked really well. Hey, man, I don't know what else to say. Because sounds like there's an obvious truth the, about the quality movies sucking lately. Indiana Jones sucked. I don't think it sucked, but I, I won't argue with you for it. Little Mermaid sucked. Didn't see it. Heard that, though. Elemental sucked, which is bad because I, so I thought the trailer looked pretty good, but everyone seems to agree. Elemental sucked. DC shot itself in the foot with Flash not mattering. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Drew says, I found some good movies on streaming, but I'm not, number one, going to pay extra to see them. Unsure if I like it, if I think it was good in the trailer. Yeah, fair. I feel that. And number two, I can watch more mature movies at home after my kids are asleep. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's it too. I get it. Drew also said, I thought JD took his son and hyped up Mario because I wasn't going to see it till JD said it. Type and son enjoyed it. I didn't see it. I, that was not me. 
Maybe I'm having a maybe I'm having a butterfly effect moment. A Mandela effect, butterfly, same thing. No. Perhaps this was a perhaps I'm a GD from a different universe. I have this. <laughs> well, I have the. Oh, that's what the kids call me because I have the goatee now. They said you look like evil GD. Nice. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. dude, I like that. Negative maybe universe you, JD. Maybe you Nega JD. Maybe you let the genie out of the Nega D. There you go. I let the toothpaste out of the genie. All Spe- right. <laughs> Speaking of Mandela effect. Chris- Real quick. <laughs> before we, uh, before we <laughs> continue on. Hey, guy, you got to admit, that's a good segue. It was good. Hit the, hit the subscribe button. Click that bell for notifications so you won't miss us. When we go live every Sunday here on YouTube's, and uh, all right, we are going to take a quick commercial break, and be right back with our main topic. Indiana Jones. Always knew someday you'd come walking back through my door. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? marks the spot after these messages we'll be right back that commercial kicks so much ass <laughs> God, I, love, I still love those movies by the way uh, I didn't appreciate this he looks so young in them that's just sorry because he is young in them I was also going to make a comment on how great Karen Allen looks in that shot for like that one oh. stuff. I always forget how really pretty Karen Allen was in Raiders of the Lost Ark she still is I know she Eyes showed up in the, some of the most gorgeous. beautiful yeah God. my wife even commented my wife hits me and she says she's still beautiful and I'm like yeah, mm. she's still yeah. alright we're so talking about ball. Indiana Jones and the City of the Gods the movie which... that never this is an episode now of greatest movies never made <laughs> I have questions. And we, we should have come at it as we just saw this movie in the theaters and it was really interesting and made people think, oh, it's Mandela effect. Am I misremembering? <laughs> oh, you movie? know what? We should have acted like this the movie everyone <laughs> Very, very quick way to uh, lose subscribers by doing that. So <laughs> back in 2003, when they originally were going to make an Indiana Jones 4, they had this idea for the story and it got, who's the screenwriter on this one? Frank Darabont. Frank he Darabont. Of- he of the Shawshank Redemption, The Mist, The Green Mile, like Young Indiana how... Jones Chronicles, which is yeah, that's, I think that's a blip in the Matrix, but yeah, he did do those. Yeah. But I also think that's probably what got him the gig in the first place as well. I think his success as a, a filmmaker is what got him there. But yeah, that's certainly in his big break in the business was working with Lucasfilm for sure. So what this is the first draft of the idea. No. It's the first script. It's not the first draft. This is, I think, the third draft from Darabont. Okay. This was his script for what would become Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yes. Which before is, it was retooled. It's funny retooled. reading this now because it's different and the same at the same yeah. time. And I'm still trying to decide if this is better or not. I am of the, I was fully ready to say this, this is the movie they should have made. And I came out of this script saying, maybe not. I don't know. Because it still has some of the same problems Crystal Skull has. Which just goes to show you the problem. And we talked about, oh, the writing is a problem. The writing is a problem. It's very quick to blame the writer. But Frank Darabont's working off of notes, right? This is the stuff. The stuff that we see is the stuff that Spielberg and Lucas wanted in the movie. I was going to say, it says story idea Lucas script Darabont. So Mm -hmm. this... So the Crystal Skulls, everyone, that was George Lucas's idea. The guy who gave us Star Wars said... Yeah, Indy should be dealing with aliens. 
he wanted to do he wanted to do that because he wanted the first movies to ape the 30s serials right yes and 20 years later 50s sci-fi 50s sci-fi and spielberg told him i don't want to do aliens i've already done aliens and so they decided on a term that nobody in the 1950 that wasn't even coined in the 1950s which is fairly coined now but in this script, there clearly are aliens. They're aliens. Interdimensional yeah, aliens. they don't even fart around with the idea. That was a space. They didn't say it's a dimension ship. No, it's a freaking. In this script, it's a freaking spaceship. The crystal skulls are essentially your gray alien. By the way, can I say, you mentioned that you thought maybe this still, it has some problems, but this is a much better movie than the one that was made. I don't know if I got that. I, that's what I feel like. It was much more linear. It was much, yes. I could follow it much better. Yeah, yes. It maybe needed a little bit more pizzazz, but like the, it just, it didn't have, okay. Shia, it didn't have Shia LaBeouf in it. I was so. going to say, the first thing is there's no kid in the movie. There is no mutt. And that's where the move, the real movie goes wrong. The minute Shia LaBeouf is on screen, bam, you're okay. already off into bad, into bad. Time. Here's the thing I want to say, and I'm not saying I love Shia LaBeouf or think he should have taken over the franchise or anything like that, but people, he, all the crazy stuff he did was after this movie. Yeah, he, he was, was just he caught was at the fresh off of holes going into this. Like a lot of the crazy stuff he did was in rejection to the attention he got from this movie. Yeah. Have we confirmed if JD was on the Mario podcast and saw it in theater? No, we have not. We're we're in the middle of making the show, Drew. We'll go back and see <laughs> how Luna's my we'll evaluate my lunacy at a later time. Um, You're misremembering it. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. I don't um, I have to go back and listen to the show. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah. So a lot of it was the reaction to the attention he was getting. I agree with John in that I think this movie structurally is better. However, I think a lot of the character stuff in this one lacks. I was going to say, I think John is going to this version better because they explain things more in this. No, no, they explain things less. They explain like, them clearer is what they, they do. They, they, there you go. they don't explain they, shit in well, Crystal Skull. Crystal well, Skull well, just happens. And we're like, well, yeah, but you, why is this happening? But you had the war doctor. What's his name? The guy, oh, is it to shoot? Oh, John Hurt. Yeah, John Hurt being an exposition machine, machine the whole time. Like in the other, in in this script, there things are explained naturally. In Crystal Skull, they had John Hurt there. Just they kept hitting the button, going, "Oh, better explain it." Then people are stupid. Got to explain it. The watchers are stupid. So it just. By the way, just to set the stage here, Shia LaBeouf had done should, holes should, in two thousand. Should we tell them what the actual script is about? Should we go through the movie? Because this isn't like yeah. when we review a movie, like that we assume people have seen it. We actually have to All tell right. people okay, what okay. happens so in this. Okay, script. so in this movie starts out, or this script, sorry, starts out with Indy and Yuri a new character introduced in this movie. They're working off on some military base doing an expedition. expedition. He's Indy's looking at like old Indian vases or something. They're somewhere in Nevada. And so Yuri wasn't in crystal skull, by the way. Right. Yuri's just in this version of the movie. He asks to borrow his truck and says, he's got a hot date that night. Yuri's in a visiting scientist kind of thing. He's essentially Yakov Smirnov. What the, he's in the script, like the first scene of the movie. It starts off the exact same, where a, a car drives by after the Paramount logo fade in, listening to Rock uh-huh. Around the Block. So it's the almost an identical start, except now we're in the desert and like they're at a diner. This is like the most boring start post start to an Indiana Jones movie, Indiana Jones movie ever. ever. Yes. 
JD yeah, like was in episode four. Apparently, I've rated since I was on episode five hundred four Mario Brothers. I don't know what the hell happened there. Uh, perhaps I've been hitting the head. I guess the concussions are starting to add up. <laughs> well, okay, like I said, the beginning could have used a little bit more. Some of the some of we could have used more possessed. So. Right, but that's just to establish a relationship between Yuri and Indy. That's what that scene's for. But you're right. Like why that's right. right at the beginning doesn't make sense. He borrows the truck. Indy hears some noise later that night looks at his binoculars and it's yuri in the truck disguise he disguised the truck to look like a military vehicle they sneak onto the base and to steal some stuff from the base basically like the warehouse scene in crystal skull the craziness ensues there's a chase scene this time there's like rocket engines that are testing and they're firing and this is the part where it's, so Spielberg will come up with a really great chase sequence for That's this. literally in the script. By, yeah. by the, literally has Spielberg here, will have here, a great sequence. Here, here it is. It's on page 12 it says while the jeeps hurtle along a parallel or intersecting courses trying to hem him in one moment converging the next being forced to split off in different directions and then in parentheses giving Mr. Spielberg the opportunity to stage the most breathtaking, outrageous, near-misses ever put on film. What, we had a lot of explanation points there. To be fair, that was Spielberg's reputation. It still pretty much is. The man's really good at action stuff. So <clears throat> Yuri essentially evolves into... What's Mac. her name? No, no she, he... Uh, the Russian. He, she evolves. Like, the Yuri character leaves Crystal Skull. By the time we he, make he was, Crystal Skull, he, well, he was a com- evil. Yeah, he becomes he was, the evil Russian woman. Yeah, he, he was a combination of Mac and Arena because... Yeah. Because he... He was both the Russian and he's the turncoat. So then so, India's so, thought. So then they do the same thing. There's the, the, they're, the, he's running away from the Russians. The Russians know that he's got something. He's got this bowling bag, which has got some artifact in it. We finally have our big escape sequence. It's a really long sequence. And then they do the most maligned thing in all the Indiana Jones movies. They the hold the fridge, the nuke, the fridge, that whole, that right. sequence is in this script. It's the same. And it tells you that it was probably another Lucas idea. It's George Lucas. It's George Lucas. Yeah, he yeah. escapes in a yeah. fridge. And then we always and we still have the same. He gets picked up by like CIA agents who accuse him of possibly being a Russian spy, hinting at the McCarthyism of the time. And then he goes back to the school and he's put on sabbatical. administrative leave, sabbatical, whatever. That's all that all stayed obviously in Crystal Skull. Now instead of much showing up. Indy gets drunk, which I don't know if I feel like that's an indie thing. Yeah, it felt very out of character. Not that Indy wouldn't drink, but it just the whole sequence, because they play it out where Indy just has like remorse and he's looking at all these artifacts that he's brought to the museum and he's talking to a statue of Marcus Brody. And it's weird. And then the thin man shows up who they set up to be this really cool villain and he dies three minutes later. It's very Boba Fett. Yes. And I was going to say, I like the touch of tying in the other movies in the museum. Yeah. Uh, I like that. It feels like they're setting, they are setting this up to possibly be the last one. So it's remember his other adventures before we go on this new adventure. And the, uh, even a throwback to the very first time we see him with the sandbag and trying to get this, the idol. But he, yeah, he got the, drunk, did, decided to take all the stuff out of one of the display cases at the school. And yeah, that the idol that he stole the first time he, it, ha- it was on a pressure plate in the display case, and he tried to recreate the same. It was pretty good. Mm. It's all right. And then like, he's on a run. He almost gets killed. This, then the guy who's trying to kill him, or the FBI agent who's sent to follow him, dies. He's being chased by the thin man. And then he goes back to his house, which I guess he lives with his dad still. And him and his well, the, dad have a fight. Here's and, the thing. This yeah. is the most important thing, though. 
The thin man, he gets confronted by the FBI agent that was assigned to watch him. The thin, and the FBI agent says, look, I'll take you home. You're drunk. I'm not supposed to, but we're all fellow human beings. And he immediately gets shot by the thin man. And that's where Jones is. Like, originally he was being, he was being told, you don't really have too many friends these days. This is the McCarthy era. Those Mm -hmm. of you that don't know the McCarthy era in the 1950s, it was hell. Because you did anything wrong, somebody could accuse you of being a communist. And back then, it was like the death, it was a death knell for many actors and musicians and whatever. Or even people in academia. So he's already under suspicion and now the Thin Man kills his handler and that's now he's framed. And here's one of the things I just want to say while we're at this point. It was, they handled the fact that they were in the 1950s much more naturally than they did in the Crystal Skull movie where they just kept hitting you over the freaking head with it. The whole James Dean on the motorcycle with the hat thing with Shia LaBeouf and the greasers versus the jocks where they immediately line up. Get them. Dude, we know it's the 1950s. Thank you. So counterpoint, I think this part of this part of the script really suffers from Andy not having anybody to talk to. Yes. And yeah, I got that. I got that too. Because I mean, usually it, he's playing off of somebody. There's no short round. There's no love interest yet. Like this script takes about 55 pages till Indy's really interacting with someone. So like he's very much off on his own. It really, it, it makes for not a fun movie to be quite frank. Not a really interesting script to read either. That's the thing too, because it, real quick, obviously they write in Henry Jones. So there would have been a Sean Connery cameo in this. Sean Connery wouldn't have done it because he was already retired by this point. Okay. No, this no, was, it was written in 2003. The same right. year and Alan two, Quartermain came out. The Gentleman came out. Yeah. Which means they wouldn't have gone into production until six months later, until after and he had already thrown his hands up at that point. Right. He would not have gotten that. that I don't know. He might have quite might have no, back no. to this. With that material they gave him too, because that scene is not good. I was going right. to say, but that's the problem is that there's a cameo here and at the end and that's yeah. all he would have gotten. It's not like he was in the movie. You're right. right. And it actually, I think it actually hurts their development in, in Last Crusade. I actually really dislike the scenes with the two of them and it, it doesn't feel like doesn't feel like those two to me it didn't read very well i guess part of the problem with this in with my read on this is there isn't much to like latch on to indie for in this movie he's just much like other things like he's thrust into yeah these actions but he's not like doing anything like at this point in the movie he's just trying not to be a communist and it's like the agency of a character just isn't it just isn't there and then he finds out what he's got and he then he goes off gallivanting to Peru to meet his quote-unquote contact. That's the whole thing. That's where the movie takes off, too. He he gets a key and from the thin man who gets killed, goes to New York, Grand Central Station. That's where he finds the skull, goes to this hotel, and a gangster meets him to drop off. uh, His plane ticket and his itinerary. There's a lot of mechanics. I'm like, you could just get to the fireworks factory, man. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of, and then this happened. That's what I'm trying to get. And this, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this, and that's just. It's just so much. See, it's, just, it's so much it, nuts and bolts, man. And none of it is not, fun. I don't think it's that many nuts and bolts, and it's oh, like man. a, it's like a, a boulder rolling also, downhill. It's gaining steam as you go. Things start to really happen. But it's not it. gaining steam. Here's my issue with it. Here's the thing, too. In the scene in New York, that's why I didn't want to skip over it. He pulls yeah. the skull out. He's alone in this hotel room. Pulls the skull out, and it starts. They start having a mysticism moment with the skull, like it's reading, is sending him messages or whatever. And one of the things with the Indiana Jones movies 
up until this point is nothing magical happens till the end of the movie. The big reveal of, oh, there really was some kind of power behind this thing. Most of the time, it's they're fighting over this thing, especially Last Crusade, yeah, Last Crusade and the Ark. They're fighting over this Ark, but not until they open to the end do they know, like, it's power, right? Like, the idea that they're revealing, oh, the skull has power before anything really happens in the movie is, I thought that was a weird beat. Am yeah, I alone on this? No, I don't think you're wrong. I, Drew just actually text, put on Twitter screenshots of me doing the Mario episode. Okay, I literally don't remember it. <laughs> Clearly, I've been abducted by aliens and I'm missing time, much like these crystal skulls. The arc didn't do anything until the end. It doesn't. And yes, they, I remember the 50s very well. And it's like the Shankara stones. The Shankara stones don't do anything either right. until we get to the end of the movie. The, right. the, the, the Holy Grail. Like the Indiana Jones movies, typically we don't get magic till the end. And it's the, it's, no, because there's a couple of things in this script there. I'm like, yeah. it just feels out of place for an Indiana Jones movie. Big. To be frank, the movie we got was very out of place for an Indiana. A lot of things yes. were very out of place for an Indiana Jones movie happens. So at this point, Indy goes to Peru to meet yes. his contact, who, as we learn, is, in fact, Marion Ravenswood. Yes. Same as and, the and, and the guy who wrote the script really likes really likes the actress because he was like, oh, and she looks gorgeous. And then, to which, be fair, you know, she is gorgeous. Yes, she is. True. Yes. Yeah. He's um, in facts there. So... Then they go to Peru. She's actually on. She's not a mother in this movie. She is married. She's married to. And this is I actually like this character. Her. She's married to a baron who is also an archaeologist, but he's very successful and rich and very urbane. So he's like a perfect rival for Indiana Jones. Yes. She felt it felt more like what Marion Ravenwood would be like. Would have been point. with. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. And then there, and then you get the president of Peru who just likes executing communists for some reason. And there's a really cool plane dog chase sequence right there. It's very similar to Last Crusade, but longer. All this in comparison to Crystal Skull, I might rewatch. Yeah, I think actually, I think that's good. I think Dave actually, we should post the link to the script in the show notes mm. for both okay. the video mm. and the another people can see what we're talking about, and then maybe I, compare it. But I did watch rewatch the skull right after. I planned on it. I didn't ran out of time this weekend Yeah, um, Yeah. with family stuff. But yeah, this is where I think the movie actually starts getting a little interesting. And my problem with this is we're an hour into the proposed movie at this point. We're an hour in before Marion comes. And here's the other thing, right? They set up her husband to be this perfect foil to uh, Indiana. There are so many characters by the time we get to this point in the movie. Oh, yeah that it's hard to make him the foil and they set Yuri up to be more the foil yeah. to Jones than what's the character's name? Peter. Peter. I can't his last name, well, yeah. besides Peter where it's no, that's where you missed it. Like it should have yeah. been Peter from the beginning through the whole movie. Well, he that, should have been the foil. That's the issue. Is, I'll go first. We start off with no characters, right? Yeah. The thin man and Yuri and Indy. So for the first hour of the movie, he's essentially on his own. And yeah. then when you get to the jungle, all of a sudden you got a ton of characters thrown at you yes. and it's hard to keep them all balanced. Cause there's a lot going on in this script. Like I said, yeah. Yuri and him become enemies, but you really never find out a whole lot about Yuri as a person. And then he's working with the president of Peru who's evil. And then you have all these people in Indy's camp. It just, it goes from very little to a lot. But in and the other no- movies, in the other movies, you don't find out much about the bad guy, except they're evil and evil. But those bad guys have something to and like latch on to. And this one, I don't feel like we have it. I don't think the, the version we got was better, but I feel like this. Do you feel like this character was set up as well as Mads Mikkelsen's character in the one we just saw? 
No, but it, with a little bit more depth, he would have been just fine because he was set up as somebody that Indy had known before, worked with, we, and was friendly with. But we didn't have that. That stuff is not present in the script. It, it is in the beginning when they're at the diner. They're at a diner having dinner or having lunch, and he's talking about ketchup, right? Yeah. He's talking about ketchup and what he loves about America. No, about America, and then he immediately betrays America. Like, it's just, it's, the legwork isn't really there. And because the betrayal happens so fast, it's the next scene, right? Yeah. What it, no, this is the writer GD talking. What they should have done is keep have Yuri be Indy's guy, like the guy he's talking to. That scene should have been the two of them go through the warehouse looking for the thing. You mean like right? they did with Mac? Like they did. Yeah, it's very similar to that. And I haven't seen Crystal Skull in a long time, but almost like more like in Raiders of the Lost Ark with him and Alfred Molina, where the two of them are together, just yeah. so he has someone to talk to and interact with. And then yuri can turn on him so we have this big emotional thing where the two of them are together fighting side by side and then he betrays it then we have a moment this time he just borrows indy's car and they're enemies because indy wondered why he what was going on with his car that's That's literally the crux of the movie is based on the fact that indy was like not totally trustworthy of his buddy that he loaned his truck to yeah that is exactly the crux of the movie yeah, and like you said, there's this long dogfight sequence on the plane. Which I think would have been would look great because it would have had Indy and 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 Marion doing some wing walking on a bi- between two biplanes. I'm in my head like this scene would have been awesome, expensive as hell, but awesome. Yes, and then and then the other thing was like all of a sudden Indy's a expert pilot, and I understand things happen between the movies, but his that- character had to grow. It did. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Let's not bury the lead here. There is a great character having to grow moment yes yeah, and, i know exactly which one you're talking yeah, you about. know what i'm going with this is fun mm-hmm. david you want to cut you want me to pause on that i know the snake you're oh, about yeah, to yeah, say the, the snake so there is a scene where where marion freaks out because there's a snake behind it he looks he grabs it and he pulls the snake and he throws he goes i'm not afraid of snakes anymore and you're like ooh, character growth moment not a page later there's a gi- there's a gigantic boa constrictor or anaconda it's essentially anaconda. the same yeah. anaconda talking, that yeah. ate john voight and right. it was the exact same thing. This anaconda from the movie Anaconda. From yeah. the movie mm-hmm. Anaconda swallows Indiana Jones whole. And people are like, oh my God. And he climbs up, he the snake slithers up a tree, and Indiana Jones literally cuts his way out of the snake. Yes. That would have been I can't I'm thinking I'm in my head, and then he Wait. reaches back into the snake to get his hat. Right. And then you're missing the punchline. Oh, he's still now he's terrified of snakes again. Right. Now he's back in his later that night. He's alone in his tent, pulls the blanket back. There's a tiny snake and he's tiny little guard. He goes, ah, so he's back to being an eye. I cracked up. That was actually one of the best, like, it was really good. Yeah. In the script. Hmm. And I, in my head, I'm like, this is Anaconda. This is the exact same sequence from Anaconda. But again, he cuts him cutting himself out of the snake, I think would have been cool. And they also see like a mosquito. that's like the size of a Buick or something. And that's good. I know. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. No, dude, it's a podcast. That, what do we do? That's something like, that's something that, okay. So like you get into the woods, like you guys said, suddenly you've got all these foils. You've got Peter, who is Marion's husband. You've got Escalante, the guy, the El Presidente, who's acting as anybody who's been labeled as El Presidente does in your head. And then you've got Yuri, who's the turncoat friend of frenemy of Indies. And, Part of the stuff like they go through is that the closer they get to where the Crystal Skull is, or the kingdom of the Crystal Skull is. The City of the Gods. The City of the Gods, yes, in this script. The closer they get, the larger the animals become. Like you said, there's the anaconda that's 200 feet long. There's the, it's like a titanoboa from days of past. There's there's the hummingbirds that are Mm -hmm. as huge as eagles or hawks. 
and then the ants, which are supposed to be so, like 10 inches, 12 inches long or something like that. And I think that works much better than the ant thing they did in the real movie. Because oh, 100%, 100%. Ants never would have done that, and the CGI sucked anyway. That's the big I mean, problem. it could have made the CGI work, but... Could they in 2006? I think the big problem with that movie is like they wanted to do more than CGI. Because you look at any movie from that era, the CGI has not aged well. And the, they didn't shoot. They shot that movie in L.A. They didn't commit like an Indiana Jones movie should have committed. Like, it's really kind of all, lazy. All over the place. Yeah, like it's really a lazy movie when you look back at Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And like I said, I don't know if this one would have been better. But at least shit. This yeah. I, I know I feel like this one better because where did the Russians suddenly just come up with a car that could go through jungle ogre overgrowth like it was like one of the one of the graboids from Tremors Tremors just come on even if the thing was cutting all the trees down like it was at speed forty miles an hour you're still gonna hit trunks they just some of the conveniences in the real movie just hit me wrong and the way they encountered the these giant ants in the script was much more natural because army ants do what they did in the script and they would have, it, I don't know. It was a more interesting introduction as they got closer to the, so to we the, also, king, the city we, of the gods. We skipped over the version of Oxley in this movie. So Oxley Cause, is, cause he's still annoying. Oxley played yeah. by John Voight famously in crystal skull. John Hurt. Uh, John, John Hurt. I'm sorry. Yeah, John Voight was the guy who got eaten by the anaconda and anaconda. Yeah. Right. Yes. The war doctor. Right. Oh, all Johns look the same to me. Anyway, you say that when you go into the toilet? Oh, I didn't think of that. I made a body. Uh, but in this version of the script, mm. he is a friend of Henry Jones, the other tie-in to his dad, who went on an expedition to find the city of the gods, Here. went missing and disappeared. Here he's being kept in a cage by these Russians because now he has psychic abilities and is able to tell them like where, and he's also telling them where to go to find the... the Let's be, they found... As it was later explained, they found him in a traveling circus or small. And they, we're still talking in, what is it, Peru? Where is this? Peru. 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 So they found him where they were just showing him off as the wild man of the city of the gods. And they were keeping him in pits with feces and all that. So he was crazy. He's mad, completely mad to the point of acting like an animal, not a person. And mm -hmm. the only thing was that once in a while, he'd have a lucid moment and say something that would give them a hint as to where the city of the gods was. And that's why they kept him in a cage with a tarp over it in the back of one of the trucks. And that's why Mar Peter was doing this, Marion's husband, and Marion didn't know about it. Yeah, that's that's becomes the cross of the fall of their relationship, is how he right. treats Oxley. Unlike the Oxley in the action movie, which is basically like Colonel Kurtz of the Monkeys. Yeah, right. that's right. Colonel Kurtz of Apocalypse Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with that one. Like, the, I really hated John Hurt's character in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull when they were doing the George the Jungle vine swing. That was so stupid. Yes. That was Shia and that's in the that script. Shia LaBeouf did the... But it's still stupid, right? I don't oh, yeah, oh it's completely it's stupid. stupid. And as bad as the CGI is, it was. it's much harder to do a CGI of a bunch of monkeys swinging along with them. It was... They didn't do that in the script, though, did they? No, there's no... There's right, no, there's no monkey swinging monkey, thing, because no that, that was stupid. It's just Indy chasing him through the trees. Through but they, but he only went two and then died, and then... It would have been... And that was it. But it would have been better than what we got. I right. was going to say, the him swinging by Indy on a vine is done as a gag in the script. You can Yeah, tell. it's a joke. It's like a George of the Jungle-style joke. Right. Yeah. As opposed to the heart of the scene. Yes. And that fit 
what Oxley was in that, which was he had been driven completely mad and atavistic by the Crystal Skulls. Not like I said, Colonel Kurtz of the Monkeys. Let's see, then... They still have the waterfalls after that. But the river scene sounds way better than what we got. I think the action scenes in this movie would have been significantly better than the ones yeah. we got. Every single one yeah. of them, I'm like, this is better. This is My issues with Even... this movie are all character-related and have zero to do with the action. Zero. Yeah. Yeah, even the chasing through the museum would have been interesting. Yeah. I think Frank Mm -hmm. Darabont does a really good job painting a picture, which is what good writing does, with what these action sequences... Action sequences are tough to write, and he does a really great job stringing them together. And then you get to the... What did you think of the space sequence, John, when you finally get to the... When we finally bring... When we finally get to the City of the Gods? You you mean... Oh, when he brings the the ship. Yeah, at the end. When the ship goes up and all that? Yeah, yeah, the whole thing leading up to that. Yeah, that sounded... It sounded, it's, go ahead, go ahead. Dave, what were you going to No, you go first. All right, I, it's, it, it sounded okay, but it was still like, why do we have, it made sense a little bit more than the original, the real movie did. But at the end, I felt, okay, two nukes in a row, like in the same movie, like that, and they're going to use that as yes. an explanation. I, but it was I, the 50s. I felt, but I felt like that was a parallel done on purpose. Yeah. Like, I felt like the first nuke sets up, like, I felt like they bookended. Like, I felt like that was done thematically mm. for a purpose. I feel like Spielberg notoriously wanted that shot of Indy with the nuclear bomb. And I felt like that Darabont was trying to justify its existence in there by having the two nuclear that makes bombs sense. bookend and, each other. I don't know if it was but, good, but I feel like right. that's why it was done that way. But how, you what, know what happened what? before that was much better than what happened. Yeah, I agree. The, I agree. It also makes the ending work better. And the other one... In the actual movie, they just escape the aliens and then go back to, he goes back to Connecticut and everything is back to normal. He's getting married. There's no, they don't talk about the fallout of what happened to him at all. He's just getting married at the end of that movie. Let's describe what happened in the show. The ship crashes back into the city of the gods. It blows up like a nuclear bomb. Yeah, but what happened before that? Because that, that, that is much better than what was in the, in the Crystal Skull movie. Not much, but it is. I, no, I well, think it's way better. It, there it, is the, it fits more. There is first off. There's the graphic scene of. Oh, we okay. We talked about. There's a lot going on in the second half of this movie. It gets complicated. There's El Presidente and his soldiers, but then there's a group of his soldiers that break off and decide they want the Crystal Skull for themselves. They go to the city first. They get the skull and get to the city first. And apparently it drives one of them mad and he decapitates one of the others. They tied they tied all of them to a bunch of barrels of oh, well, accelerant yeah. with a nice wily coyote bunch of dynamite sticks. And um, with a giant ridiculous comical fuse. Well, no, actually that the description is like a normal fuse that they use now. Yeah, but remote detonators weren't a thing in the fifties. I'm pretty sure they were. Yeah, so. but anyway, so the thing is that yeah, so they're was it God, it does get a little confusing. So Yuri, yeah, Yuri well, gets tied up with them. Peter is turning, saying he's going to kill everybody. Then he gets turned on. And now Peter's tied to the thing. And Marion's between Indy and Yuri. And, oh, or, Indy, uh, and no, Peter. Yuri, Indy and Peter. And Indy, and there's that dynamic going on. And then those the three guys who decided, yeah, we want, we like money. We're going to take money. Who cares about this psychic stuff that Yuri is thinking about? We're, we just want the money. So they, and then they do what happened. What Dave said is they trounce off. Indy manages to get them out of the, or no, as Oxley comes in and bites through the rope to let them out. And then they come up as they, they try to go in. 
to the place. They come across the three who like one one's head exploded. The other is completely electrocuted. And the last one is holding up the head of the one who's head. holding but up look, the head of the one that has. You just tried. You just tried to explain that whole cave sequence and it shows how convoluted the super gets. super convoluted, super goofy. Goofy because they're trying to play off the fact that Peter and Indy at that point are showing their feelings about Marion. They're playing up right, again love that triangle whole, thing. That whole love triangle would have worked better if it was shown throughout the whole movie. Well, no, they were showing. No, they were showing. No, no, they introduced it an hour in. As soon as Marion was in, yes, that's the if problem. They, is it, it takes too long to get to the fireworks factory. I get that. If they had introduced Marion earlier, like you said, they, he would have had some. Indy would have had somebody to talk to the whole time. That would have solved a lot of the problems that you have with the scripting. Or like I said, so, they don't turn, they don't do Yuri's heel turn you, to later on until after we like establish. You solve, you solve mm. a lot of these problems with, instead of Mutt showing up at the college to kick things off, you, show, you have Marion show up at the college to kick things off saying, help me find my husband or something like that. So here's what, okay, let me, I mentioned this before. What if I said, what if we don't have Yuri turning on Indy quite yet? What if the reason they're against Indy is because he has this friend that has abandoned communism who praises, I love America. I want to be American. Like he's a communist. And he's like, he's not a communist. He's my friend. He's yeah. here, blah, blah, blah. And then they can go together. And then when he turns on Indy, then he's alone. And then we get Marion in there. But then I think the Peter character becomes obsolete at that point too. Yeah. Like, and almost, and almost it could be, I don't know how you do that. Like part of me is like maybe the Mutt character works because there's no great, there's no great way to, with this particular story sequence, with this particular story sequence, there's no great way to work Marion into the story earlier and give them some stakes. I actually think Mutt makes more sense than the second husband, than the husband character. Which is why I think they went with them because it's an easier tie to get to Indy. True. No, I, just, I agree. I think, it's, it's I think more... there's too much heavy lifting going on. Hmm. Yes. So anyway, after they get out, like they, they run away, the explosion happens and then they've gotten the, the crystal skull back. They go back in and that's where they go through the same room with all of the, all of the stuff. Basically there are artifacts ever from everything from the stone age on up and the, ex and then they, go into that same circular chamber that you saw in the crystal skull. And at that point, there's only one of the, what, there's 13 bodies, Skeleton. but only, but they are the only ones that have a skull that like your, the skull that Indy has is the only skull there. All the rest of them still don't have skulls and they reunite the skull with the body. And then the real bodies come up from the middle of the room and one of the aliens is revived. So weird. And fun. it is weird. And that alien turns out to be like, yeah, we've been here all the time. We're the ones that gave humanity its bump from the monkeys. And we've been helping you along a little bit ever since. And the way they gain power. Yeah, this is really weird. The way they gain power is all the sacrifices Which, that have been made to them over the years. Yeah. It's very cheery. It's very cheery to the gods. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it is what the crux of the problem with, Crystal Skull is in a way too, where it's it's not like an archaeologist goes after man-made things and learns trying to learn history and whatnot. And yeah, I know there's the fortune and glory part of Indy as well, but that's why the, that's why this doesn't work as an Indiana Jones movie because well, no, he would have got he would no matter what it is, no matter what the script was, if he came across a crystal skull like that and he had a map like or hints to where it came from, he'd go. I agree. It wouldn't matter. I agree. One hundred percent. I think Jones would have done that. 
No, I'm not saying that. Making it aliens is what like it hurts. Like it could have just uh, been the Peruvians made these crystal skulls that have some kind of mystical power, but doesn't have to be aliens. I don't understand Again, this, and you're not alone in this one. There's that's the big. At the time, that was the big complaint about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was the aliens. I think right. as time has gone on, we've gone, man, this CGI sucks. Man, this is really problematic. Like this, there's I think more of the problems have shined through throughout the in 2006 that really bothered people was the aliens. And I don't think I don't think having aliens is as crazy as having God's vengeance in the box and the Ark of the Covenant or the Kara stones or the the holy grail or the cup of the the grail yeah <laughs> yeah i don't think i don't think aliens is, is as out there as that or in this past we saw like the clock of Ar archimedes that opened up a hole in time i think it's all on the table but i get why people don't like it it didn't bother me specifically so my script are all the character stuff that's where i think because again i don't think they do enough to play up the indie I don't think it's there. I don't think it's pronounced enough. I don't think Marion gets the, the gets involved early enough. I don't think Indy's acting like himself, which again could be said this is him getting becoming himself again. But again, this version of Indiana Jones at the beginning just isn't that interesting. Well, it was he was getting old and all that. I know, well, and I get I, I get that, but I think then. that in this past movie, like he's at least driving his own movie. Like the beginning of this movie, he's watching a movie take place in front of him till he gets. Doesn't yeah. he even? Don't they even have him say, "I got a bad feeling about this" at some point? In both the script uh, yeah. and the Crystal Skull movie, like they were going to oh, have him say it no matter the... what. Yeah, he said oh, it. I didn't both. know that. I don't remember him saying it in the movie. Yeah, because uh, I remember watch after watching when I was watching the movie and he oh, said it. I'm like, oh, that was in the script too. Okay. All right. So, so, we, go? so then the weird thing here is it picks five people and it picks Yuri, El Presidente, Indy, Escalante, Peter, Peter right? Peter right, and says, what? None. I was. And basically says, I'm going to grant you a wish. It's a monkey's paws wit, paw wit. It is. Right. But it's really. But it's, it's like, it's monkey. like in, the, in, the, in, the, in, in the actual movie, it's one person. It's the. And the, Von the Russian Gron, woman. too. Von Gron's and, another one. But. And she asks, you know, wants all the knowledge and she gets all the knowledge, but it kills her. Right. That's. Right. Yeah. That's, they all die horrible deaths. It's all wait, basically wait. face melting stuff. Hold on. The first. <laughs> The first, I don't remember. Oh yeah, like the one guy was Von a leftover Nazi, and he wanted yeah. the all the. I glory. wish for the past to see our greatness risen from the ashes to reclaim the glory that was once ours. Ooh, saw that done better later. Yeah, and then basically like a devil version of Hitler appears and eats him. Then we get the next guy wants all the knowledge in the universe. It gets the same thing where Peter gets yeah. so much knowledge it kills him, and then. The El Presidente, that was a good one. I want to be feared. I want to be like feared. To they be the most in... feared of all the most deadly. The most right. deadly, and he turns into the most poisonous frog that's in South America. <laughs> Which they yep. set up. They set that up earlier. They in the do movie. set that up. It's the only one they set up. Yeah. Yeah. Would... Here's the problem with that whole sequence it's lame as hell. And it would have taken oh, yeah. way too long to play out. This was actually done better, I think, in Crystal Skull. Where you just right. had her get the knowledge and then she dies. Very much imagine if six people were in the chamber in Last Crusade, each drinking from different cups with the same result. The point right. was and overkill. I think you could have done it with three because the point comes then what does Indy want? Well, in, right. They asked, they asked, they asked Indy the same thing as they asked the others. What is your mo what is your greatest desire? And he turns around and says, What? He just drops out of the trance back down onto the floor while the others are getting eaten. And he's, yeah, it's Marion. I want it. I want you. 
And then, and then he, at that point, all the ladies and, and he destroys the crystal skull, which then saves Yuri from his, which also thought was a weird choice at this point. Why save him? Why save him? Exactly. The, he's done the, nothing. He's done nothing to be redeemed. Yep. It's it, that. And then, and what happens at the very end of the script makes me feel like, oh, they wanted to do a sequel to this. Like they set it to up. To be a crystal skull. They also set it up to be a sequel because basic was it the during the wedding show um, joan yeah jones hat gets blown by the wind and at tashaya's yeah he, that was supposed to be the ceremonial passing of the torch that never yeah. happened to shia um so yeah so then like basically they yuri and indian all part as frenemies basically in the movie you forgot one of the most important plot points and it's a plot point that comes from dragon ball z god damn it that's where it came from. As they're running out of the city, as everything's going to hell, Indy accidentally steps on the red frog. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Kills, and kills El President. Kills President. El President by accident. <laughs> yeah. As they're running out. And then, yeah, they get out. They, they chuckled at that. They basically, there's another se- escape sequence. We already said that the ship blows up the city and they part as frenemies, which was yeah. weird. Yuri the and, ship and Indy. tried to take off. And then, because there was only one... No, no, there. No, because the skull was crushed by India. Oh yeah, the, yeah, the skull Indy. was crushed, but the, it still tried to take off, and then it faltered and fell like a ship a mile wide got fairly high in the sky and then just dropped back down and then exploded. Like, Boom. like a it, and then it Michael Bayed. So <laughs> then we flash to now, baby. <laughs> they now they create a story that Indy was stopping a Russian spy from starting World War Three. And that's why he was involved with all this stuff. And he's now a hero. And now reset, he's back to being a teacher, blah, blah. And then we cut to their wedding, which that's how the original movie, that's how the this feels. And this wedding feels so much more forced than the actual wedding we got, I thought. In what I sense? She was married to someone. I don't think they break up and stuff like that. And it, you find out he's a bad guy. But I don't well, know. She man. got her divorce. He's dead. He's dead. Like, but he's... that's the thing is, oh, my other husband's dead. I can marry you now. It just it felt weird. I think it, I do think this played out better in Crystal Skull because you had the tether of Mutt. I don't think the I think yeah. I think the major problem with Mutt is casting and the fact that they named him Mutt. Again, in, in the Indiana mutt, and, and they made him a greaser, and like, yeah, know, like it didn't. Thought. The idea behind mutt, I don't think, is a problem. I think he's, I think he serves for a much stronger tie because I think the so, existence of mutt helps the next movie a lot. And Marion wasn't, Marion right. wasn't married in, in the Crystal Skull. Right. They have a kid together. There's a tether. There's something like, I feel like that's earned a. Again, I don't like Crystal Skull, but I feel like that that particular ending is earned more there than it is here. Yeah. You know, that's the thing though. Marion but Marion was married a couple of months after she broke up with Jones, yeah. With Jones. So he so she was married at some point, but they never she explained was. when she got divorced. Because it wasn't important to the story. Mm. Which is well done. At least they explain how she gets divorced in yeah, the he, script. He, he becomes a greasy stain on the floor. Yeah. So we're that's after true. the the movie ends, they're at their they're at the reception basically, dancing and people are coming up and talking to them and whatnot. And then it cuts to oh, and this is where we the first time we get what's his face the he was in Dial of Destiny too. Solid. Yeah, it's the first time we get Solid in the script. He's at the wedding. That's it. There's not enough Solomon in the script. That's the big thing. That guy is gold. So John Reese Davies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and Oxley's there. Oxley is quote unquote back to normal after the skull was destroyed. 
Except, Except he's got telekinesis. I was about to say, but they end on him controlling silverware with his mind. And and then we cut to the stars and the movie ends. And it's just, yeah, that and the fact that they let Yuri go feels like they wanted to make a direct sequel to this one, which was weird as well. It's odd because Yuri is clearly a communist spy, clearly a villain, tries to kill them multiple times. Like they let him off. And I was like, that's a choice. It's just odd things that happen in this movie. As I was to say, like, usually the movies end with no real loose ends. Yeah. This loose one has a couple cut. this one has a couple big loose ends at the end of the script that's so real quick, I also did some re- little bit of research after reading the script about Crystal Skull and so the greaser thing was something that was heavily pushed by Lucas and Spielberg. In fact, yeah. they wanted him to be like I can't remember what uh, James Dean. They wanted and, him to, and Marlon Brando and the rebel. Marlon Brando and James Smith. Yeah. Right. That's the character they were going that for. That archetype. Um, Marlon Brando was the one in, what was that that motorcycle movie? And he was wearing the exact same. Yeah, the same thing Mutt wears. I'm trying to, I can't remember the title. Give me a second. And then the other thing was the, what's his, why is my brain? Because it's late and we've been talking about a, we've been talking about an alternate universe. A wild one. Basically. Yeah. The wild one. That was the Marlon Brando movie. Wild one. Okay. But the script, the screenwriter again. Frank Darabont. Darabont. He did do revisions on this. And one of the revisions, so in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which is no longer canon, they've completely erased that because in that he had a daughter. As an old man, looking back, they talk about his daughter. That's true. Darabont wrote... in that he also killed Dracula. It, that was the young Indiana Jones. Being continuity, I, I choose to believe that's still in continuity. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That they wanted, they wanted Mutt to be someone that Indy would hate. That's why they wanted him to be a greaser. But what I was saying is, Durbat wrote a version of the script when they wanted to introduce a kid as a daughter to fit with the something that had already been established. Spielberg said, no, that's too close to one of the Jurassic Park movies. I can't remember which one. So can't be a daughter. I'm like, what? That doesn't work. That's stupid. That's, that's dumb reasoning. No one's comparing these movies. Spielberg makes some mistakes. Yeah, he's he not perfect. Misstep. Yeah, he's not perfect. That's a weird call. But at the same time, I think that I think I get why Darabont did that. Even without the young Indiana Jones thing, I think that there's typically Jones plays off a younger woman, which again we did in the last movie. So I think yeah. he was going for that. But again, I think his I firmly believe his best relationship in these movies is when he has a short round in Temple of Doom. Yeah, I really like the interplay with Indy as a father. Right? I think right. the big. I think I still believe this last movie would have. If they'd have brought Kikwan back as short round, as an older short round, I think the movie would have been better. But, but I get why they did it. I just think the execution didn't work. Well, and that's one of the things too, right? Like he interacts with short round, like Indiana Jones as a father. He doesn't, they really don't get that in Crystal Skull. Yeah. He finds out that this is his son, but they don't have that relationship. relationship. Yeah. Yeah. We don't get it. Which again, is interesting if you really think about it. Now you could have some character dynamics. If you if the mutt thing had worked better, you could always have a father son issue where Indy did have a son that was short round. There could be some resentment from both. There, there's a story between those two characters somewhere. It's just not. I want to think they were interested. You could have given us a relationship like we had in the Last Crusade. Yeah, but now Which Indy as the dad. Yeah, but I think that's I think that's what they were going for, but it didn't yeah. work. Like, I think that was the intention. I think they wanted to parallel The Last Crusade. 
thinking that Shia LaBeouf was this great thing that came along. And it turned out, no. Drew says, I, would, I like the interplay with his father, a son just like him, so much that he couldn't stand him that could have worked, which is what Indy and his father are. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they went, they really love, Lucas and Spielberg really have grand nostalgia for their childhood. Yeah. And with Lucas specifically, he's a gearhead. Yeah. American Graffiti is his first movie. So they've like, yep. the greaser is like an archetype from their youth that they find cool that has not aged well. And I think two of the fawns took the teeth out of the greaser because the greaser it was dangerous growing up in the 50s. That was a hoodlum. But I think to people who didn't grow up in the 50s, it's the fawns. I think the T, I think that's a, that is a generational thing that is lost to anybody that did not grow up in that era. So I get why they wanted Mutt there. I just don't think the execution worked. I think he was poorly cast. I think he, the self isn't right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, yeah. I just don't think it, it could have worked. I think if you would have made someone more like him, it had been better, but I don't know. Maybe not. Also, the greaser could have worked, but not Shia LaBeouf. He doesn't pull it off. No, he doesn't pull it off. No, he's just annoying no matter what he plays, really. Yeah, so. and I agree with you. I didn't like him in the Transformers movies. There was a hot minute where Shia LaBeouf was the franchise guy, and it just it didn't work because he's not that guy. Yeah. And I, I don't know who that could have been, to be honest with you. Who would, if you had a chance to do that over again, who would you put, like it's 2006, it's 2005, you're looking to cast Indiana Jones's son. Who do you cast? In 2005? 2005, when you're casting, making this movie, right? You're like Indiana Jones, like George Lucas and Spielberg go, okay, we want, we like the script. Indy's got to have a kid. Who do you cast? Who is that guy? I got no idea. Me neither. Find an unknown. Somebody yeah. that allows you to invest the in, box in the up, character instead of the person. Studios don't like that. No, and yet they, I don't. I'm trying to think, because I don't know child actors from 2005 that were like breaking Topher, out. Topher Grace, right? Yeah. Ashton Kutcher. These are the guys you've been that you've been casting him against. Ashton Kutcher was, he's actually a fairly good actor. He's not a bad no. actor, actually. Yeah. I don't think he's right yeah. for that. I don't but I'm just yeah. coming, I'm just thinking of the people that pop up in my head because I don't know who that would have been in that era that would have delivered that. Andrew Garfield, perhaps. I don't know. <sighs> no idea. Drew said, Drew said, the high school musical guy, or is that too early for him? I think he means Zach Efron. That's interesting. Actually, the timeline actually doesn't work that bad. Is that, no. I don't know if he was Zac famous Efron? yet. Yeah, Zach Efron's the guy who made himself famous in high school musical. No, but I'm saying, that I, was this before? I don't know. I don't know. Let me look up High School Musical. Oh, there's uh, a bunch of people from High School Musical. 2006. So it's a little, it's a little early, but there's a there's another well, universe that would have happened. Yeah, could have worked. I actually think that's better casting. I actually think Zac Efron would have made a better young, yeah, Zac Efron, Indiana Jones. And I think he yeah. could have pulled off the greaser thing better too if they did want to go in that direction. Well, they obviously oh, yeah. did. Like, Stupid. They weren't. Stupid direction. Yeah. But it's what uh, it's what the guys wanted. The guys wanted, and there's a lot of this in that script where Darabont talked about how there's a lot of stuff that Spielberg and Lucas wanted in the script. And we look at like I said before, like we talk about oh, the writing was bad. A lot of times, this is what the a lot of these writers aren't just writers; like they're following their muse, like they're told this is what we want in the script. Like, well, Indiana, like no one in the right mind would have done Indiana Jones in a refrigerator escaping a nuclear fallout. No one but Steven Spielberg. And it's just like any movie you see that's based in the 80s or 90s. Yeah, like every scene, every especially every scene with a kid's room just hits you 
over the head with a club that's labeled the 80s or the 90s. And when you get Spielberg and Lucas together, you're going to be hit with a club that says the 50s on it. Oh, yeah. You know? And the actual yeah. movie, they had a ton of that. They would not let you forget it was 1955 or whatever. Like that. And the script does this much better. The script just like time frame didn't drive the plot. The plot was driven by the plot drove the plot and the time frame just so, was the setting for it. Yeah, like, I was going to say like, like the previous three. There's nothing that screams 1935 in Raiders of the Lost Ark other than what's going on at the time. It's the setting. Not Nazis. That's pretty much We're, it. But that's what I'm much. saying. But Nazis is a big time frame in the past and it's a big thing of the past. But like John's right. This the Crystal Skull hits you over the head. 50s, 50s, 50s. Where Let's take the opposite approach and dial a destiny. 69 is the perfect backdrop for what they're te- the story they're telling. And they do it within the backdrop of oh, the space more, race, basically. Yeah, the space race. People are more interested in outer space than archaeology at that point, And he's becoming irrelevant. Yes. I, think we, I think when you compare this proposed script and the movie that we eventually got out of this, I think it gives a different appreciation for the last Jones movie, which, again, has its flaws, but it's a much better film yes yeah yeah all right i think we did it you guys want to do something like this again or is this not something you ever want to do again no i'd do this again i would i'd be you know what i would depends love, on the movie but I'd, i'm all, i would I'm love to see if we could get our hands on i don't know if they exist scripts for splinter of the mind's eye or the, the i don't think i don't think the original splinter of the mind's eye exists but i know for a fact the original star wars scripts are out there because i've read them oh i've heard they were i don't know it's lucas yeah it's yeah. clunky, but it's a Luke, I mean, I mean, it's a Luke it, script. I've heard stuff like the idea that the Jedi were this monastic order type like, religion was not really Lucas's idea. It was somebody else's idea. And it just like when the movie came out, well, I mean, all, it all did stuff so well kinda, with it. Yeah, all stuff. That's the thing when you have ideas is like you're constantly tweaking them and working on them as a creator and, and things evolve. Nothing is birthed whole when it comes to creativity things change and they grow as you're creating it but there's a lot of stuff out there like unfinished scripts or unproduced scripts that are that are great i gotta i'm gonna throw one at you guys before we roll up we wrap up the show i'm gonna pitch a story to you steven spielberg 1982 while he's making raiders of the lost ark his next planned movie was going to be a sequel in spirit not in the title to close encounters of the third kind Ooh! but he didn't want to make he didn't want to go back to what he didn't want to make a movie that was like cerebral and like personal he right. wanted to go a different route he was going to take close encounters and mix it with jaws and make a horror movie wow what, what he did was he worked with a writer whose name escapes in the moment title of the movie was night skies and they were it's moved this farmhouse in kentucky is being invaded by aliens and it's a horror movie and at the end of the movie the one benevolent alien befriends this kid's uh, the family's autistic son and they leave the one alien behind and that was the movie that it was going to be directed by Toby Hooper, produced by Steven Spielberg. Toby huh. Hooper of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So let me finish. You've already got, you know where I'm going with this, John. Let me finish. I'm, already, I'm telling the story. So Spielberg's making Raiders in Tunisia, and he's miserable. He misses home. He starts thinking about his family, starts thinking about his parents' divorce. And then he decides he doesn't want to make this particular movie. So him and another writer, Harrison Ford's wife, name escapes me i'm bad person for thinking about that they decide to focus the story on the alien who gets left behind and the boy and it becomes Uh. it becomes et now columbia is like you promised us a horror movie about aliens so he did a re-release of close encounters to make them happy 
But at the same time, he had this idea about this family being haunted by aliens. So then he was like, what if we just take out the aliens? What if we make it ghosts? And it became Poltergeist. This is why Poltergeist and E.T. are sister projects, because they were basically the same movie. I thought you were going to go on because there was a movie that came out in 2009 called The Fourth Kind. And that is exactly what you just said. It's a movie about a couple of people that are being hunted by aliens in a small town. It's, it's really interesting. Story. And it has Mila Jovovich in it, too. Oh, so, so it was probably directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. That's probably awful. Or Paul W.S. Anderson, excuse me, her husband. I never saw it. Director was Ola Tunde Sami. Not from that familiar work. But yeah, so there is a script. And by the way, the guy who directed, wrote the script was pissed and there's actually the aliens were finished for night skies it was uh, the guy who did the, the where american world from london makeup why can't i think of his name like the one of the greatest makeup guys of all time not rick baker but stan winston created oh, the stan aliens winston, even for I know, night yeah. skies yeah and they have the test footage and if you look at it you go oh i see where i know i got a little creeper behind me now hello andy Speaking of horror movies, <laughs> my son has just invaded our like a little alien himself. Yeah, so if you look at the night skies test sequence, it looks like an evil ET. Wow! Oh my goodness. Okay. So perhaps at some point we can. Now this is like a bucket list thing because I've never read this script. I would like to read the script for Night Skies. All right, I do it. I'm up. Maybe not next week because we got stuff. I don't want this to be this to show, but I love the story behind how these two vastly different movies that were made pretty much at the exact same time with the exact same creator behind them came to be. Cool. All right. All right, then. Um, I I T-boned the show. Sorry about that, guys. No, that's... that's, Wow. No. I'm just... That's an interesting story. We'll have to definitely look into that. All right. And you just put me in nostalgia rerun here in my brain. Sorry. All right. So let's let's wrap this one up and talk about A... Did you learn anything this week? Or B, do you have any recommendations or both? And John, you can go first. Damn it. I needed to look something up first. Oh, shoot. What is it? Did I learn anything? God, do I ever learn anything? No. No. (laughs) I have to get out of this rut with work first, and then maybe I can actually learn something that doesn't have to do with electronics and programming. Although, I okay, yeah, I did learn that the original movie, I think I would have liked better with a few tweaks than the Crystal Skull, the movie that we got. I agree. As far as my recommendations, okay, got to do an anime recommendation. Jujutsu Kaisen came out, second season, first episode came out. It looks, it the animation's beautiful. Yeah, that's something that you should really pick up. And then the first two episodes of My Adventures, was it My Adventures with Superman? With Superman, yeah. On Netflix, no, was it? On Max. On Max. Max. On Max. That is good too. I'm really, I really enjoyed the first two episodes. They're doing one episode a week. You're gonna, you're gonna have to wait for the next one, but I would recommend that too. So there you go. All right, JD. I learned that I could share my love of unproduced screenplays because this is like when I was trying, when I was in film school, I would just spend because it used to be much easier to get a hold of these things. I would spend hours just reading scripts. And I just love, especially for movies that never got made, because again, you're mad, it lets your imagination travel a bit more. And I, I love that I got to share that today. And I'm, I think the experiment went decent, right? I'm pretty happy with how this turned out. My recommendation is to do that, take advantage of the internet. There's, we use it for evil so much, and there's so much great stuff out there that if you just dig a little bit, 
you can find some really cool things. There's tons of like good and bad scripts for movies that never got made. There's like a bazillion Superman scripts floating around out there. The oh, vast yeah, majority yeah. of them are terrible. But yeah, it's fun stuff. That's interesting that would be, too. Really, that would be one to do. I'm sure I'm it's floating out there is a Return of Superman. Which one? <laughs> Which one? Like specifically, do you mean the Kevin Smith Superman Lives one? That's what I meant. Yeah, that's what I meant. Oh, yeah, that's out there. Yeah, I've read it. Like, yeah, I'm sure that one's still accessible. I'd love to do that one too at some point. Yeah. There's right. also the the uh, the J.J. Abrams Superman flyby script that was super controversial about 15 years ago or 20 years ago, where they were going to make Lex Luthor an alien FBI agent, and Krypton never blew up, and it was just some okay. Yeah, that, that's beginning to sound yeah. like Krypton, like Krypton. Well, that's I was just that's <laughs> I was great. That's like they, they didn't make the movie because the script got leaked on Any Cool News and the internet went, it was the first time a studio went, whoa, we got to stop doing this. The internet's going crazy. They also realized, oh, we could try a balloon like this too. <laughs> and it didn't work. I was just going to say, because we finally got to see Nicolas Cage as Superman in The Flash, it'd be a good one to, to look back on. Yeah. I learned that just because a movie, just because the script got rewritten doesn't mean it got better. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Especially if the people making the movie are pushing ideas that ne don't necessarily work. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's definitely my lesson. Recommendations. I don't have any recommendations this week. We are going to have a guest next week. So it's a good thing. that Don't worry about it, JD. We don't need a fill-in or anything. He's been on the show before. James Burton is an independent comic creator. Oh, I know. Yes. James, too. We're yeah. comic Our comics launch guys go. Yeah, he's good, too. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't been on in quite a few years. He reached out and... He's got a Kickstarter starting this week, so he wanted to come on and plug that a bit. Yep. So you're going to miss it, but that's fine. Uh, also, I guess I will recommend, first off, I'm going to say, if go to our, our, sorry, my mouse just went crazy, go to SuperheroSpeak.com, where you can find the podcast every week, links to all our social media at the top of the page, comic book reviews by our good friend Chris, and so much more. Also, while you're here, hit that subscribe button. Click that bell for notifications so you will not miss us when we go live on Sunday nights. And uh, yeah, that's it. So thanks for watching. And as always, don't let your cape caught in the door. Have a good one.